You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? down there it's the fan holes with their nancy boy hair gel doing their podcasts about pop culture oh my it's the fan holes podcast continuum and they've saved me is there anything i can do to repay you no need little lady doing the fan holes podcast is gratitude enough never the hair don't touch the hair Hey folks, welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. This is your good friend, Tony Chainclaw. We are back this week with a brand new episode. Uh, not a sidecast, no, 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 no. This is a full-on, hardcore, in-your-face podcast, because we are extreme. Why? Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, as usual, we do have our Fan Holes regulars here. We are uh, minus, minus one this week. He is busy doing some stuff with his daughter, so... Why would you hate a man for that? Uh, Brian, we missed you. Hopefully you'll be able to come to that to the podcast soon. But, you know, parental duties do take precedence over a podcast. Or do they? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> this is going to be kind of another Franken show. Uh, like I said, we just like to do these because it's a lot of different topics, stuff that's just kind of fun. I did the whole extreme thing because it was a little joke on the first thing we're going to be talking about this week. We're going to be talking about some comics, Uncanny X-Force. It's not your father's X-Force. It's got Warpath with a bullet in his head on the first cover. Um, no. Uh, actually, X-Force has kind of matured over the years. It's not the same Rob Liefeldian pastel mess with no feet. It's a lot more extreme, a little bit more violent, and a lot of people seem to like it. Uh, we're going to be talking about that as one of our first topics. We're going to go into the weed and um, basically just Buffy and Angel and stuff like that, you know, stuff that's just really good TV shows. We're going to go into video games later on and simply favorite fighting games. Like what's your favorite game to beat the crap out of on like your best friend? Just do you like to go blank eye on his ass and electrocute like T-Hawk or do you like to get over here and use Scorpion to impale Sonya Blade? Just our favorite fighting game. And then finally, we're going to go off on a little bit of an interesting tangent. It's going to be kind of geeky, but a little bit more, I guess you say esoteric, something that's more wide reach. We're going to be talking about our favorite album, music on fan holes. Who would have thought about it? But yeah, we're going to talk about some music that's in, influenced us, something that's really 
you know, something that struck a chord with this. It's one of those albums that you just go, hell yeah, I'm going to rock out or I hope not country or rap out. I'm not a fan of those genres, but hey, who am I to judge? Music is music. Whatever you like is what you like. Uh, however, to talk about these topics, I do have a dedicated cadre of Van Holes Warriors this week. Um, as always, again, I have told you I am Tony Chainclaw, and just to go with the Whedon verse, I will say, by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. My name is Detective Jim Jam McLanternjaw, and I'm really happy to be on the fan holes. Hi, <laughs> uh, it's uh, Mike, and uh, you must defeat my dragon punch to stand a chance. Hey, this is Grimlock, and I like to rock and roll all night and part of every day. Yeah! <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight, gents. I do appreciate it. I won't rest until Apocalypse is destroyed. Or I am. Um, I'm actually running a little bit late. I had to work tonight. Um, I used that segue for kind of an important reason. I was going to catch up on Uncanny X-Force in my off time before the show tonight. Sadly, I did have to go to work. Didn't really get a chance to catch up on it as much as I want. So on our first topic, I may be a little bit lax. However, the rest of my fan holes compatriots are going to definitely pick up my slack. Thanks, guys. Um, Uncanny X-Force is a comic produced, obviously, by Marvel, since it does have X in the title. I'm sure you probably figured that out. I'm going to let my fan holes uh, friends fill you in more about it. I will jump in here and there with stuff I do know. But I would rather go with somebody more knowledgeable on the subject. Again, uh got to go with two of my favorite uh, comics guys. I know Derek has just been catching up on it himself, so I'm going to go with Mike to start off, man. Tell us about the Uncanny X-Force. Um, I really like the book. Uh, it's like the first X book I've followed like for years now, pretty much. Uh, after like Second Coming ended and they like showed that team, I was like, oh, cool, you know, it was like actually like some characters that I'd be interesting interested in following. Like I've always liked Deadpool and Psylocke and like Archangel, and you know, the, I'm I'm not a big fan of Wolverine or uh, Phantom X, but uh, it, you know, I figured they'd you know add something to the team at least, and you know they do. I mean, I, I think we make fun of Wolverine a lot on this show, and, you know, a lot of us aren't... aren't, aren't Never. Big... <laughs> Never, no. We love old what's-his-face, that what? guy. <laughs> we love that guy. <laughs> but um, You're not going to make fun of the old knucklehead, are you? <laughs> <laughs> the old knucklehead. No, but, you know, this is this is the kind of book... This is like the kind of team that I don't mind him like being the leader on. Like I, I don't really like this schism stuff that's been going on, and like you know Wolverine's like you know opening his own school and stuff. And Wolverine's headmaster, yeah, headmaster Logan. I don't know. Yeah, headmaster Howlett. What is going on? And Wolverine's a lot of things, but he's not a role model. And, you know, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. But, however, you know, X-Force is the kind of team that I can see him leading. Because it's like, you know, covert ops. Uh, they do, you know, dirty, underhanded stuff. And, you know, this is this is the kind of, like, wet work that a character like Wolverine is supposed to be doing, you know. And I, I don't like it just because he's popular that Marvel has to make him, you know, 
a, an Avenger, and you know they, they have to make him like the leader of the X Men now, and well, one of one of the you know teams of X Men, and I don't know, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. But, however, as I was saying, <laughs> as I will continue to pound <laughs> into the ground, I actually don't mind him being like leader of this team. Um, I also like to mention that like it's because it's like. I was just gonna say, is it because like it makes more sense for him not to be the guy who's like in a parade, smiling like, "Yes, that's right, I killed seventeen orphans to finish this mission." You know, it's like it makes more sense for him to be in the shadows and doing like his work. Is that like you yeah. know more of a better uh, fit? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Like I, I, w- I was kind of figuring, you know, if they wanted to do this schism thing, you know, divide the X Men up, they should have done it between Cyclops and Storm. If anyone, not Cyclops and Wolverine, you know, but, you know, whatever, you know, I guess they were just like, oh, remember the good old days when, you know, Wolverine and Cyclops used to hate each other? Yeah, (laughs) let's do that. Uh, I think, I think it's interesting. Peter Parker wasn't buried. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's interesting that you bring up the whole leadership kind of, I guess, uh, you know, that you feel like, like Wolverine can lead this group of characters. And like, I think that uh, previous to this, the previous X-Force book, like, I actually liked that book as well. Um, and so, he, he actually there, I think he was even better suited. Like, I, I remember I was reading that X-Force book while Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon was currently airing, which I kind of don't like too much. And so, especially the fact that, you know, he was obviously put in charge, like, over Cyclops on that cartoon and, and that kind of s- scenario. Um, and so, you know, when I saw that X-Force book, at least, I kind of went, oh, hey, yeah, I can see Wolverine being in charge of Warpath and Elixir and Rain and Archangel and, like, characters yeah. that were in, in that title. Here, I think it, it, it's a little interesting to me because I, I can still see Wolverine being in charge out of the, the characters that are there. But it seems like at least Archangel and Phantom X are kind of almost like his contemporaries in a certain way. That's true, like yeah. In, you know, in, in certain regards, which I, I'm not disagreeing with your assessment of his status as leader, that it makes sense. But there there are some instances where I kind of, you know, would read the book and kind of go, you know what, like, I don't think you know, Phantom X is going to listen to you all the time, you know, which in in some weird way is like Wolverine getting his own medicine. You know, he's kind of like, he's kind of like the Wolverine of Uncanny X-Force, you know, it's like, you know, he kind of, you know, pisses off a lot of people and kind of, you know, he, he's the guy who does what needs to be done on yeah, the team, exactly, ironically, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So. I, I do have a question though. I was, I was going to ask this <clears throat> because, because of my unfortunate lack of knowledge. Um, Last time I saw Wolverine and Deadpool, it was it was like maybe a year or two ago. It wasn't like Deadpool like torturing Wolverine for being popular and having all these advantages. So what is he? Are they cool now? Yeah, that was what in like what's he, his face in, in uh, the Wolverine series by who uh, Daniel Way? Oh, yeah, I think Daniel it was. Way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was that was part of yeah. like, Origins, right? That was that that was. It feels like that was like years ago. Like it probably was. So. Yeah, it must have been like three or four years ago, I think. Yeah, because I think I think that was like in the teens of Wolverine Origins, and I think that, Wolverine that was Origins before. Was yeah, that was before Deadpool had up. a solo book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, so the, they they've had years to kind of like be like, "Sorry, I almost killed you." Oh, you're fine, Wade. 
Well, I mean, you probably bring up a valid point, you know, that, that, that in, you know, if you go by a uh, screwy Marvel time, it probably happened like, uh, you know, seven days ago, but you know, if you, if you go by our time, it's been, it's been a couple of years. So. Yeah. yeah. Is, is Deadpool at least funny in the book or is oh, yeah, that, I, I was going to mention, yeah, like this is like, I haven't found Deadpool funny since like cable and Deadpool ended and you know all these like books they've released him and he hit that like oversaturation point and he like, even like, I don't think Daniel way gets him at all. And like, I refuse to touch that Daniel way Deadpool book. And, like, I was just kind of, like, and I, it kind of spread to all those other, like, millions of Deadpool books they released, like, a few years ago. Like, what, like, yeah, Dead yeah. Corpse Dead and core. whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, most of those books were, uh, there. there's only, I can only think of two books where I really went, hey, Deadpool's funny again, which was the previous X-Force book that I talked about where they go into the future and fight strife. And there's like, you know, ancient, you know, decrepit Deadpool from the future or whatever. Like I that was Chris Yost, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was Chris Yost. And I was like, I was like, Oh, that was, that was pretty damn funny. Like, thank you. You know, like for that. Um, and then, and then the only other thing, which I don't think it really speaks highly of, of Deadpool, but I thought it was a pretty funny comic was that Hulk pool thing out of that whole, you know, when everybody was turning into the fucking Incredible Hulk in one of those stupid, you know, Hulk crossovers or whatever. Like, I, I was kind of amused by that. And th- those were the only two instances I can think of off the top of my head. But, yeah, I totally agree with the whole, you know, like how, how they tried to make him sort of schizoid with his yellow boxes and his white boxes and all that stuff. And it was just nice to read the first couple pages of issue one and go, hey, he's a funny, witty guy. Like, <laughs> I, he's making I, jokes. And, I want, know, I want, yeah. I was going to mention, like, just my favorite moment with him in this book so far. When they're in the Age of Apocalypse and they, they're they're in Dark Beast's lab and uh, Dark Beast shows them this big picture of uh, him in, like, Sinister and Apocalypse and, like, all the, like, Apocalypse's minions and Dark Beast is like, oh, those were the days, you know, when Apocalypse ruled and me and Sinister could do whatever we wanted and blah, blah, blah. And Deadpool just interrupts him and goes... Like, uh, uh, dude, you know, we're, we're like, we're, you're wasting our time here and you've mistaken us for like people who care about your stupid fake world history, you know? So <laughs> I just thought that was funny. And just cause like he, he would be someone who would just basically like write this like alternate reality off as like a fake world, basically. So like, turn around and go, it happened. I saw it happen. <laughs> Don't try to tell me it didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like the nod to uh, to Ryan Reynolds playing Green Lantern. That's why I was like I I liked when he was like, "My name is Detective Jim Jam McLantern Jaw," because he's like stuck <laughs> on the moon and everything. And like you know the 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 other thing that I thought was funny was like there's the the uh, the whole uh, you know when they they start fighting with the Age of Apocalypse people and you know uh, you know the six one six Wolverine you know interacts with the uh, the Age of Apocalypse Wolverine, you know, he's like, dude, hot Wolverine on Wolverine action. You know, <laughs> like, you know like, it was just like funny ass stuff like that. Where, you know, he's kind of like, you know, just saying a bunch of stupid shit, you know. So like, and it's like, it's nice to like read stuff like that where you're like laughing your ass off about Deadpool. It's like, you know, I kind of, I kind of felt the same way about, you know, Spider-Man over the years. It's like there were points where he was 
just, you know, freaking hilarious. You know, he clowned people and made them look stupid and said funny ass shit. And then, you know, somewhere along the way, it's like he became like unfunny. And like, you know, it kind of like with Deadpool, I guess you're talking about like the oversaturation with all his, you know, Merc with a Mouth and Deadpool core and all these kind of, you know, extensive additional books. You know, it kind of reminds me of like when Punisher kind of got watered down and he had like, you know, four or five books, you know, and miniseries and all this shit. And you're like, all right, enough already, you know, and it's kind of like the same thing with Deadpool, you know? And then on top of that, it's not like it was four or five books where he was like the man and he was really funny. It was like four or five books where he was just trying really hard to be funny, you know? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I got a joke. <laughs> There's just one more thing I wanted to mention that I thought was cool, and I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I just thought it was like a cool observation about this particular team in that all four, uh, five members of the team, each one uh, like represents a different decade in Marvel history pretty much. Like Angel is from the 60s, Wolverine is from the 70s, uh, Psylocke is from the 80s, Deadpool's from the 90s and Phantom X is from the 2000s. I just thought I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I just thought it was cool. Who, who represents the 11s or whatever decade <laughs> this is? Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah, here's my incredibly important question that uh, <clears throat> has no bearing on the actual book at all. But uh, like, what, what do you think about the uh, cool toy tie-in? effect of giving everybody neato gray and uh, black costumes. <laughs> oh, like they have those like variant costumes for like X-Force, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have like the, the black and gray I, ones. They've, like, they've only know, done one for, yeah. yeah, they've only done one for what, Wolverine and Deadpool though, haven't they? I don't know if wasn't anyone... Wasn't there one and for Dark Angel? Oh, and Warpath. Yeah, but I say Warpath yeah. does the gray uh, and black. Was, was there, did they ever do one for Archangel? No. I think they they showed a prototype of a new Archangel toy, like uh, for Legends, coming out soon. I, I, it was only in in gray, so I don't know what the colors uh, are gonna be, but it might be the X Force colors. Oh, okay. They're like Phantom X. Are you gonna do the team colors? He's like, I've always dressed in gray and black. <laughs> like, oh, it, never mind. <laughs> I think me and me and Derek, I think if like we like to call Phantom X a snooty so and so, but yeah, it's like it's like Derek says, like it's like Wolverine like having to deal with someone who was him basically, like you know, for a long time. So yeah, it's it's definite sort of role reversal. I think you know what's funny though is like the the first like like four issues, I was still in my regular. Phantom X mode, where I was kind of like, oh, what a fucking twat this Phantom X guy is. And I know, send your angry <laughs> emails to fanholesgmail.com. Uh, but anyway, uh, Phantom X is just, you know, pretty smug and his usual self. And I, you know, of course, uh, you know, was kind of like, oh, you know, shut up, Phantom X. It actually made me like, like Wolverine, where he's like, yeah, I beat you to this, this uh, heist. And uh, and now I'm going to take a $2 million bottle of booze from you. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do with it? When are you going to drink it? He's like, no, no, I'm not going to drink it. I'm going to use it to clean my toilets. I'm going to sterilize my fucking claws. You know, and he's like, you Philistine, you know, and I'm like, ha ha, <laughs> you, know, you douchebag, you know. But then, like, after the fourth issue, you know, where he actually, you know, uh, takes out the apocalypse kid or whatever, I was just like, dude, I don't know. Like, after that point, like, I, I don't know. They Like, that arc 
like they all kind of got like windy and turned into a bunch of candy asses all of a sudden. And I was kind of <laughs> at that point, I was kind of on Phantom X's side, like which is kind of unlike me. But I was just kind of like, dude, like why you guys are like crying about something like a bottle of milk you didn't even spill. I mean, if Phantom X wants to go off and have like a moment where he's like, oh, what was me? You know, I I've killed a child. Blah. It's like, well, at least he did it. Like, like he, he deserves to have that moment. But then, like, all those other guys, they kind of, like, in the middle of it, they kind of have that moment. And I was just kind of like, why? You didn't do anything, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just I did, thought that I, was a little overdramatic, you know? I, I did, <laughs> like, well, like... I shot a cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, like, Deadpool's, like, reaction to that whole thing where, you know, he's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign up for something like that. And, you know... And Wolverine's like, well, yeah, well, shut up, because you're only in it for the money. And then, like, Deadpool walks away, and, like, Angel's like, you know, Logan, he never cashes any of the checks I give him. <laughs> so then Wolverine's like, whoa. Yeah, Wolverine <laughs> has, that, he has the what look on his face, where he's like, eh! he's on the fucking what train from uh, Confederacy of Dunces there. Like, that made me laugh. <laughs> But uh, like, he's no. I'm, I'm just curious because my my opinion on this this is this is a loaded question because I I I don't think I like too many of the bad guys in this series. So my my question to everybody would be like, what do you guys think about the bad guys in the book? Because I was kind of looking at it as like the the big main bad guys, you know, other than you know uh, Dark Archangel or whatever, you know, have been. Um, you know the 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 final horsemen um and then like they had the reavers who i've always thought were kind of lame even though they have the you know the cred of of crucifying wolverine or whatever but i always thought the reavers were kind of dumb and then um and then they you know in the age of apocalypse they have those weird like the the team they call the black legion which is like this weird amalgamation of a bunch of marvel characters they seem kind of you know, fused together, you know, like weird fusions of characters. And like, I was kind of like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe it's, you know, in some sense it's good that I don't like them. Cause if, you know, Wolverine skewers them, it's like, it's not like I'm going to cry about it or anything, but you know, I, I just kind of was like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't exactly, you know, thrilled with the, you know, it's like, I, I think, I think once Hall, I guess, it's Holocaust kid or what, you know, the, the one they were calling genocide. Like when I saw him, I was like, Oh, cool. Awesome. And when I saw, you know, I love dark beast. So when I saw dark beast show up, I was kind of like, Oh, dark beast, you know, cool. You know, like, cool. Finally, you know, like somebody cool, but like, I don't know the new horsemen. I was just kind of like, they, they seemed very, um, how do I put it? They seemed, uh, stereotypical archetypes of, uh, characters that, uh, would generally be perceived as evil or or maybe evil's too strong a word, but you know sort of um, not politically correct or from a dated error you know that you know you can you could put uh, a moral judgment on you know if that makes any sense because it's like you've got you know the one guy's like you know famine's the confederate soldier and then pestilence is like the geisha woman and like you know the death is like you know basically a dude from iran and then uh, uh who, who, what's the other dude oh war is like a, a roman gladiator you know what i mean so it seems like there are all these sort of outmoded dated you know i guess characters from like bygone errors per se you know and it's like it seems like the, the, just the fact that they're 
uh, Apocalypse's horsemen, it, it sort of smacks of, uh, you know, like judgment to me, which I thought was kind of funny. But that's just me. I don't know how, how you guys feel about that. Um, I'll go first just because, unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of characters. But I will say I've always been a fan of the Reavers just because I like cyberpunky stuff. But I don't how they I don't know how they were written in this series, so I can't really say anything about that. And unfortunately, that's all I really have to say. So, again, I will let more knowledgeable peoples uh, chime in on this one. I, I kind of like the new Horsemen. I just thought, you know... I don't know, they were just, like you said, they're kind of like, you know, since they're new characters, they're kind of like disposable mooks for, you know, Wolverine and company to just, you know, <laughs> carve through and whatnot. And they do, so. But, uh, yeah, I, c- I could see what you're saying, though. I, I really had no problem with them, really, though. Cool. For the, for the most part. What, do you, what did you think of them, Justin? I was just curious. Uh, I didn't really have a problem with them either, I guess. You know, the you could draw some parallels where they're kind of you, you see them as you know these outmoded ways of thinking. So maybe it's kind of ties in. You know, it's like Apocalypse's you know view is kind of outmoded in thinking since mutants are already on the verge of extinction or something. But you know, I I didn't really you know pay them much mind. I was just like, oh, these are the new horsemen. They'll be dead soon. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are kind of uh, they are kind of like red shirted. Like even the. Uh, What's her face for for uh, uh, Wolverine's alternate universe daughter? You know, it's like they're all like red shirts in in the wings or something like that. You know, you're just like, oh, how long are you gonna last? Like, uh. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention that I was kind of disappointed. Uh, like like you said, that, that team uh, from the Age of Apocalypse, like the Black Legion, it seems like mm-hmm. they introduced them at the end of that episode, at the end of that issue, and then the next issue, like, half of them had, like, disappeared, and, like, you didn't see any of them in that giant fight or anything. Like, Yeah, yeah, well, they, they were all just kind of like background cannon fodder or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, like, you know, uh, <clears throat> we've been kind of dominating the conversation, even me, even though I haven't read the damn thing. And uh, I was going to ask Justin what he probably thought about the book as a whole. Uh, I, I know you've been kind of quiet on this one so far, Justin, but what do you, what do you think about the uh, Uncanny X-Force? I, I really like it. I, I want to say this is yet another book that I kind of owe um, Mike credit for getting me into reading it, kind of like, you know, uh, Avengers Academy and uh, Venom. It's, uh, it's kind of like me and Mike joked, you know, it's like if you would, you know, went back in time and told myself five years ago that Venom and Uncanny X-Force would be my favorite comic, I'd be like, what? Are you crazy? It's not going to happen. But but I really enjoy it. I was kind of surprised that I did because, you know, I'm I'm like you guys. I don't really care for Wolverine. I, you know, think he's overrated. You know, we already covered all that. And then um, I kind of liked, you know, Warpath being on the previous team. I don't know. I've always liked Warpath, so... When he wasn't on his team, I was like, uh, well, okay. It's weird how they sort of like, you know, he was like on the 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 team, and then they did that uh, weird. Uh, everybody's coming back from the dead crossover, and like after he kind of did that, he just sort of disappeared. Like I, I I remember thinking it was cool that they had all those, uh, what do you call it? That that kind of like from Wolverine's point of view to catch you up to speed on what had been the deal with X-Force until the first issue of Uncanny X-Force. But, like, when it came to his passage, it's kind of like, yeah, and uh, my friend Bub Warpath, he uh, 
he did this and he did that and he killed Celine and then he left the team. And there's just kind of like, yeah, what happened to him, Wolverine? I don't know, Bob. Moving on with the uh, exposition, <laughs> you know? And I was just kind of like, oh, well. I do, re- I do recall, like, wondering where he was, like, during Second Coming and stuff like that. And he just, like, you know. I, I remember, like, he was there in the background, but, like, he didn't really do anything, right? He was just, like, a Probably, random head yeah. in a sea of mutants, you know, on Utopia or something. I was just to say, it was really weird because he was kind of, you know, an X-Men there for a while. You know, he went into space to, yeah. you know, fight Vulcan and all that stuff, and then... After Necrosia, he kills Selene, he just kind of, you know, goes into the background. And that's that's kind of been it for him. But, um, but yeah, I really like uh, X-Force. It took me a few issues to kind of get into it. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like you, Derek. I, you know, didn't really care for Phantom X at first, but he, he's really grown on me as a character. Um, I guess my favorite issue would be issue nine. That's the one where Magneto has Wolverine track down this old Nazi and kill him. And it's there's not a lot of dialogue to it. It's mostly just told in you know uh, panels and stuff. But I, I thought that was a really well done issue, and that kind of made me set up and take notice of the of the comic even more. And you know I, I've said before on other podcasts I really liked Age of Apocalypse. So you know when they went over to that world and you met you know some familiar faces, and then you got to see some crazy stuff like the Zombie Sentry and the Orange Hulk. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really enjoying this latest story arc. Do you guys like the, uh, I know because you're like a fan of Age of Apocalypse, Justin, and I, I like the original book, but I don't think I've read too much of the, I guess, continuation of the stuff. Like, I know brief things about it. Like, it made sense to me that, like, you know, Age of Apocalypse, Sabretooth knows Psylocke from, like, their time in the Exiles and stuff. But, like, what do you think about the whole sort of continuation of that, given that, like, because I always kind of took it as, like, oh, Dark Beast and X-Man and Sugar Man and those guys, like, jumped ship from, like, basically, you know, exploding Krypton, you know, like, that they jumped ship to the 616 universe. But now it's more kind of like, oh, wait, Krypton didn't explode, and we're all still, you know, hanging out in Age of Apocalypse land, and and the story kept going. And so sometimes I kind of look at it and go, hmm, that's kind of weird, but okay, I'm just going to... To me, I just kind of accept it and go along with the story, like, like, kind of like, I, I really did enjoy the whole, you know, Dark Archangel thing, you know, despite any misgivings I had about the characters and everything, it was pretty, you know, engrossing, and I liked reading, you know, chapter to chapter, I was like, oh, geez, what's going to happen next, but I was just curious, you know, what you guys thought about the whole Age of Apocalypse angle to it. I I never really understood that either, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you, it's like, you know, they're you know, characters like Sugar Man, Dark Beast, you know, they're just kind of like, you know, rats abandoning a sinking ship or something. And you're like, okay, well, the ship sank now, that's it. And then it's like, you know, they, they go back to those worlds and, you know, uh, uh, Exiles or if it's, you know, the Tales from Age of Apocalypse comic that was right. award, they kind of start going back to it. And you're like, wait, didn't didn't this world blow up? You know, there's a big yeah, you know, yeah. shockwave on the crystal or whatever. You're like, wait, what's... <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. I just 
you just kind of just you know roll your eyes at it and you're just like okay well like I guess that world didn't explode and it's still there or something I don't know so. yeah yeah that's I was I thought oh go ahead Mike I was just gonna say I wasn't super positive on all the specifics or anything but I just kind of figured it was like a slightly different age of apocalypse like since there's like so many you know alternate universes and infinite things and you know Marvel continuity I just figured it was just some alternate splinter age of apocalypse where it didn't blow up like everything was the same up until that yeah. point where it blew up or something so instead of like 117 age of apocalypse it was like 1121 age of apocalypse yeah okay. that's pretty much what i figured or how i what rationalize about... it i guess uh like i guess speaking of the dark archangel thing another thing i just wanted to ask was because uh, uh, it seemed like at least his his modus operandi or how he goes about things was kind of interesting. Like how he kind of, uh, he, he kind of ingratiates himself with his, his cadre of bad guys. You know, it's kind of like basically saying, Oh, you know, you guys don't have to grovel in front of me anymore. Like I'm not like the old regime. I'm like a nice guy, you know, even though like he's an evil son of a bitch and he's going to like, you know, chop off people's heads. They don't do what he says eventually. But like when he sort of first gets there, he's kind of very like, Hey, come here, Tony. Like, you know, you don't have to tell me what a good job I did editing the podcast. Like you just have to, you know, tell me what you really think. And everybody's like, Oh yeah. Awesome. This is like a new regime. Like it's so great and everything. And like, like another thing I noticed was he kind of, I don't know. It's weird. Like he kind of reminded me a little more of like a high evolutionary instead of apocalypse. But I was just curious, like what you guys thought of, of, you know, that whole angle of things. Like, I know I already kind of said, like, I thought dark beast was pretty cool. And I, I really liked, uh, I guess, you know, I guess it's not Holocaust or, whatever the hell they called the toy, but it's like his son genocide or whatever. Like I thought that was kind of like a chilling scene where they, they come into the town, you know, and the kid's like, it's okay, mommy, they're superheroes, you know, and then they blow up the whole fucking town and stuff. So, (laughs) yeah, I, I do, I do like, like archangels, like, yeah, whole attitude towards it. Like, uh, like I like, like when, when they come back from the age of apocalypse and like, he's there waiting for them. And, uh, he's like, you know, give me the, whatever, whatever they had, the, uh, death seed or whatever. Oh he's yeah. Like, the, the celestial and, and like, no, egg. no. Yeah. And like no one moves and he's like, so it doesn't look like you're going to be giving me the death seed. You know, this is awkward, you know, like we're going to have to like, <laughs> kick, we're going to have to like kick your asses now, you know? And, and also like Wolverine's like yelling at him and he's like, now calm down, Logan, you know, I'm not using any incendiary language. And then, you know, Wolverine just attacks him. Yeah. yeah he's like, he's like, you're always escalating things. He's like, that's what I do, bub. You know? <laughs> The way you guys describe him, I I could be wrong, but he sounds like Lumsford from uh, the friggin' uh, Mike Judge movie, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to need that uh, mutant massacre report by 3 o'clock. Well, I'm really busy. (laughs) Yeah, I really need that mutant massacre report. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, except for for the guy's like, well, I don't have it. And then his fucking wings come out and, like, lobs the guys. (laughs) (laughs) The the CGI wings come out from behind (laughs) Space guy and like lots of head off. Nice. This way he sounds. Um, I will say this much. Um, I like I said, I do feel bad about not being able to catch up on the uh, comics. Um, but you guys have made it sound really awesome. I'm I'm a big fan of Deadpool anyway. I know pretty much everybody knows that I I'm a fanboy for him when he is funny. So 
uh, the fact that he's funny is already a bonus. And the fact that we hate on Wolverine so much and he's actually tolerable and makes sense in this comic doesn't hurt. Because I, I don't want to hate Wolverine if he makes sense. It's just when he doesn't make sense is when I get really annoyed. So the fact that he's used decently in this is kind of a, a, a bonus. So, yeah, I, so basically from... Well, I was just going yeah, to say, I, I say I, from you guys, it sounds like a good, uh, good series. Yeah, I was just going to echo kind of what you're saying, though, and back you up. Like, I, I think everything you said makes sense. You know, Deadpool is definitely done justice, I think, uh, in this title, and, and, and Wolverine makes sense, I think, you know, for the most part. Except for, I don't know, except for that one part that I was talking about before where they all kind of flip out, like, after Phantom X, uh, you know, does does the one thing in issue four. But, you know. But but other than that, like uh, pretty much everything else is pretty much you know Wolverine sounds and acts like Wolverine, you know. I was just gonna say, like I said before, it's like the first X Men book I've like really like followed issue to issue for like the longest time. I mean, so you know that should speak volumes about that. Definitely, definitely. So and then Justin, I, I would assume you're on the same boat. Would you like to add anything? Um, I'll just echo their sentiments. You know, like I said, I. I never expected to, you know, look forward to reading an X-Force title ever. And, you know, um, one of the things I like is, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Wolverine, but I, anytime he gets, you know, his butt kicked or he gets, you know, his flesh burned off or, you know, or he <laughs> yeah, his life revenge, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I did yeah, like, like, nice. I was going to say, I did. Garth Ennis uh, sadomasochism in there where you get some glee out of Wolverine getting his flesh filleted even though the other part of me is like he should be dead you know but like uh, <laughs> i did like like when he got like when uh what's his face genocide like melted half of him and he was like out yeah. for like issues and like phantom x and deadpool are like oh man you know come on and phantom x is like oh you know i didn't even want to be on this team and now like wolverine's left me with all this fucking dirty laundry yeah, that, to deal with that, you know that's the that's the best part of Phantom X for me now is when he's like, Brain 1 tells Brain 2 that you should get the fuck out of here. And, uh, you know, Brain 2 was stupidly accepted to be part of the team. Brain 1 is like, what the hell were you thinking, dumbass? You could have been in the Caribbean with, like, babes and, you know, sipping fine wine and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I also I, lo- I also like when Phantom X is like you know to Deadpool he's like you know we gotta go like take this to the Avengers or you know Scott oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something and Deadpool's like so you and me you know <laughs> mercenaries and killers bring a half melted Wolverine to the Avengers and and our Cyclops and you know tell him that uh, what do you call it? we've been operating a secret stealth killing team you know under their noses and now the end of the world is going to happen yeah you know <laughs> you know we we just scream credibility here yeah and he's like he's like god <laughs> damn you wolverine <laughs> <laughs> oopsie doodle <laughs> nice oh man um yeah like i said uh you know from, from not a convert it does sound pretty awesome i think yeah definitely check it out uh again it's been spoken of very highly so if you like some good x books i'm tired of shitty x books try this one out what are you doing here Five words or less. Out for a walk, bitch. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, shift gears, just because. Uh, got, got, got a 
move along with the podcast, you know. Got to get stuff done. Uh, we're going to go to the Whedonverse. Now, I did make a Firefly, Firefly quote earlier. However, we're not really going to talk about Firefly or Dollhouse or anything like that. We're going to really <clears throat> more concentrate on the Buffy and Angelverse, if you will. Um, Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon uh, wrote a movie a long time ago called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was kind of a cult hit. A lot of people liked it. They had Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, and um, <laughs> uh, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Uh, Rutger Hauer, too, right? Was it Rutger Hauer? I want to say it was. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was it was like, yeah, a little cult movie. A lot of people liked it. It had a few good moments. <clears throat> but even Joss Whedon said it's not really what he envisioned for the movie. He he wanted to go further with it. So, hell yeah, he went and made a TV pilot. Got picked up by, at the time, the uh, WB. Was it the WB or was it uh, UPN? I want to say it was WB. Yeah, it was WB. WB. Yeah, it was, it was WB. Uh, they picked up the show. League's better, even though it was a TV show. League's better than the movie. Very snarky, really good uh, casting choices for all the characters. Um, it also led into a uh, sequel, if you will, of sorts called Angel, which also had excellent characters, excellent casting choices and stuff like that. A lot of good stories. A lot of It, it really kind of set the horror genre on its ear if you watched it. It wasn't the same old, same old. And we're just going to kind of get into that, kind of talk about nuances, talk about maybe favorite episodes, why we like these shows, why the Whedonverse, for those, God, it was at least, I want to say, about 10 years worth of, uh, no, maybe not 10, maybe like eight years worth of really good stories, you know, really good stuff. Um, Yeah, the Whedonverse, good stuff, excellent stuff to uh, watch, and we're going to talk about why it was so uh, good to watch. I will just throw it off to. Uh, I know Justin is a big fan of the Weed Verse, so uh, just, just you know, whatever you want to talk about as far as that goes, sir. I well, I, I remember watching the uh, the original movie like on HBO or Cinemax with my cousin. You know, he was just uh, bored summer afternoon. And he was like, "Hey, let's watch this." I was like, "Okay," and I thought it was you know kind of an interesting idea, but you know the the movie isn't really all that good, so. When I heard they were making a TV show out of that, I was just like, what? They're making a TV show out of that movie? Come on. But um, I was flipping through the channel, and I managed to catch the uh, season one episode, um, I Robot You, Jane. And uh, <laughs> that's the one where, like, Willow Willow is scanning uh, ancient text, and the, the process of scanning it releases a cyber demon. And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of a concept. So that, that episode got me hooked, and I... You know, watched every season after that, pretty much. It was like, <clears throat> yeah, they, they did a lot of cool stuff like that. They didn't just go with standard, like, you know, they did horror, like, you know, monster of the week kind of stuff. But they always put a nice little twist on it. I always, like, enjoyed that. Um, what about you, Mike? I know you're also a big fan of the uh, verse, especially Angel, uh, especially last season. Yeah, definitely. Um I, I just kind of, like, I started watching it, like, or Buffy, at least, in, in season three early on, and it, it wasn't like even I was looking for it. It just happened to be on on, like, a night I'd be home and, you know, maybe doing homework, and I'd switch the TV on and it'd be on. And, like, before long, I was, like, starting to watch it by my, like, of my own uh, volition when it, like, even it, even if it was, like, you know, like, I, I'd set aside time to watch it and stuff. And, you know, I, 
I, I liked it, and I, I kind of recognized it was like a, I guess a, a girl show almost. I was like, but you know, I, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I followed the adventures of Charisma Carpenter's boobs every week, you know, and <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So, uh, and you know, when when Angel was when Angel spun off, like I started watching it, and I, I liked it because it, it seemed more like a comic book like more towards my like comic book sensibilities than Buffy did. Like he's like Angel was kind of like Batman almost. And, you know, like he was like a vigilante more or less or, or a detective. And so like, Away I said, to the angel mobile. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, you, you you had like you had like male action, but also charisma carpenter's boobs. It was like, exactly. Yeah. It, it was perfect. Yeah. And like, you know, Wesley Wyndham Price is probably my favorite character in the whole Buffy verse, and you know, like I even liked him when he was a big goofball. Like I'd, I'd always used to be like, hey, that's what I would be like if I lived in that like universe or whatever, you know. And you know, and later, yeah. of course, an Angel he becomes a total badass. So, and you know, I, I always like he's another like he's another of that like prowl slash cyclops genre of characters that I always am like look for. And, you know, I like, I always end up liking a lot, like the guy that does anything in order, like even questionable things to like, you know, do what's right and whatever. But, um, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I have all like, I like Buffy, but I, I, I think Angel, I was a better show basically. And, you know, even, even with the confusion of season three and four, you know, season five, I thought is excellent. And, uh, um, like, I think we mentioned it on like the podcast where we talked about like shows that jumped the shark and whatever. Like I thought I kind of like when, um, Buffy moved from WB to UPN and did like season six and seven. I thought that was kind of when that show jumped the shark and like there's stuff in six and seven. I like, but like I, that would, they were just seemed like an afterthought to me and you know, and the opposite, you know, I thought angel was on its last legs and its last season was its best season. I thought, so that was kind of cool. But, you know, I, I, I followed, like, the Angel comics from IDW for a certain amount of time. Like, well, that whole Trapped in Hell arc. And that they were pretty amusing. But other than that, you know, and then currently I'm reading, you know, Angel and Faith. And that's a pretty decent comic so far. So that's a pretty like, much my I whole like those, history. Uh, I like those After the Fall comics. Yeah, I liked I liked those a lot. Yeah. I, I also like... um. If anyone has a chance to ever read the uh, movie adaptation of Angel's Hell oh, yeah, Adventures, yeah, yeah. where they have like Nicolas Cage as Angel and uh, like the the fat bearded guy from Lost as Gun who uses guns, and <laughs> and uh, uh, Fred Fred is a black woman who who uses a battle suit of armor called the Ilaria Tech, and Ilaria is like an acronym, <laughs> and like uh, and like you know how. It was like basically a whole parody of how Hollywood like you know fucks everything up and stuff and you know <laughs> like Angel is like Nicolas Cage and he's like a detective named Angel Cartwright and like Wesley was his partner who got killed and like Spike is a is a they put they use Spike as a girl and like his fiance and stuff and it's just really funny but but yeah I definitely recommend that. <laughs> 
Um, I, I was going to kind of, uh, before I go to Derek, I was going to kind of uh, pine in on something real quick. Chime in, not pine in. Chime in on something real quick. Like, you were talking about the superhero quality of Angel, which Buffy did kind of have that, too. <clears throat> did you kind of like the whole, and I, I hate these kind of terms, but I'm, it's the only one I can really think of. Do you like the kind of organic feel that they had where <clears throat> they, they start off with these main characters, and they're supposed to be the good guys, you know? They're supposed to be, like, the main focus. But they really build these great ensembles of like you know, you know, kind of like the Avengers. You know, it's like, oh well, here's Lorne. He can like you know, see what you're thinking if you sing. And here's Fred. She's really smart. And uh, and Buffy. You have like you know Spike who comes into the like game and he's like he's a badass. And you have Xander who's kind of useless but he does cool stuff sometimes. You know, <laughs> you have Willow the witch. I mean, I really kind of got into that whole like I said kind of Avengers thing. Is like you know. All these disparate yeah. characters who like come together, you know. Yeah, that that there's definitely an appeal to that. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it the more it appeals to my like comic book uh, slanted sensibilities, the better, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, what about you, Derek? I know you're you're also a big fan. Like, is there just anything you would re- like to randomly talk about, or is there something specific that really I think, just? I think draws? Mike. Mike mentioned, you know, like how he got into, you know, watching the show and that kind of thing. My my track record's a little different. Like, I think I was one of those guys that kind of thought like, oh, you know, because honestly, like most of the time, like it was either there, there was my roommate who watched Buffy a lot and it was kind of like background noise. So I can't say I really paid attention to it all that much. It was just something that was on the television in the background. And then for the most part, the, the people who I knew who really, really liked watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer were all girls. And since, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I liked the girls who usually were watching them and stuff and they were my friends or whatever, you know, sometimes I'd be like, oh, hey, like there's these Buffy comics too. So I would like, you know, get, you know, some of them sometimes, you know, some of those old Dark Horse, you know, Buffy comics and stuff, because they seem to like it and stuff. But, like, I never really watched it all that much. But then I ended up going to uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I think in the year 2000. And Joss Whedon was speaking at a panel, and he was in between, like, the Spider-Man panel and the Justice League panel. And that was back when you could kind of just sit in on a panel you know, and, uh, you know, wait for the next panel. So I was just kind of like, oh, well, I just, you know, I, I forget which one I saw first, but I was like, oh, I saw, I just watched the Spider-Man panel, and I'm like, I want to watch the Justice League panel. So I was like, you know what, I might as well stay here and listen to this guy talk about, you know, whatever his stuff is. You know, and I was like, oh, this is the guy who does that Buffy show that my roommate watched all the time that I bought all these girls' comics for. So I'm like, I'll listen to what he has to say. And he was basically there promoting season six, and he really, you know, I, I I think Whedon must be a great pitch man, you know, that that's what they call it, you know, when you, you know, you basically sell your, you know, script to uh, Hollywood, you know, you come in with all the execs and you make a pitch, because he definitely, like, pitched the whole audience on season six, and he, he really pitched the musical episode to me, and so based on that, I was like, you know what, this sounds pretty fucking awesome. You know, I have a theater background. I like that kind of stuff. And the way he kind of sold the musical episode, I was like, oh, I'm totally going to watch this. So then I think the next week I watched it and it was actually uh, like the uh, Buffy like works at a hot dog stand episode. So I'm like, what happened to the musical? You know, and I'm like, oh, that's on next week or whatever. And then I watched that and thought it kicked ass. 
and decided, you know what, I, I sort of remember this show, and I kind of knew who the characters were, but I like didn't recognize everybody because obviously they had, you know, undergone some cast changes in between, and you know, Angel wasn't there. You know, that's basically what I remembered. You know, as background noise. You know, Angel dying in season two was like background noise to me. So you know, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of went back, and uh, I think there was like some marathons on FX, and you know, I bought the DVDs and kind of caught up. I think you know kind of like what mike was saying like in some ways like yeah angel was more the the guy's show but what what i ended up honing in on and keying in on the most because i started basically with season six was spike you know and and for me like in all that uh you know dare i say you know vampire slayer estrogen you know spike was the one you know stable point for somebody like me to hang on to you know it's like you know to me i was like you know i, I think of like the episode in season five where it's like you know buffy and uh uh who is it uh uh harmony and um and and drusilla you know and he's like what's with all you fucking crazy bitches you know <laughs> I mean, it's just going yeah. crazy you know and it's like to me like at the time like I mean, you know, I was in my, you know, mid-twenties, and, you know, to me, the person who I could relate the most to, especially in those, you know, down-and-out season six episodes, was Spike, you know. I, you know, I, I always felt like kind of the guy who was, you know, taken advantage of a bit and, um, you know, sort of had that kind of, you know, oh, I want to help, I want to do the right thing, even though it's not really, you know, always in my nature to, uh, to be that way, but, you know, I'll do it because it's Buffy. You know, and so to to that extent, you know, I could totally sort of relate to that character. I guess the same way, like Mike kind of said, oh, if I was anybody in the Buffy verse, you know, I, I'd be, uh, you know, Wesley, you know, Wyndham Price, you know. And to me, I was like the the main person I could see is, oh yeah, I've been that guy where the girls had like this other boyfriend who's totally like. You know, she's in awe of and you can never hope to live up to or like that kind of thing or, you know, like things like that. So, you know, I would always joke about that and kind of, you know, saw that character as kind of like my in to, you know, how I related to that series. And so obviously, like, like I really liked Angel season five. You know, I love the dynamic between Angel and Spike and, and that whole thing. And, and so, like, I've always kind of dug that part about the Buffy universe. And then the, the comics here and there, I read some things. I'd say, like, the, the, the Buffy, uh, I guess, you know, whatever you want to call it, extended universe thing or comic that I liked the most was the Frey comic book that, that Whedon wrote. And I, I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, even though maybe, you know, Mike might see season six and seven as an afterthought like to me i was like oh cool it's you know it's the fray uh weapon you know that she had in season seven uh, i was all kind of you know excited yeah, just, about that so just let people know that's like kind of like a future vampire slayer right yeah yeah pretty much like she's the slayer and like i i forget what fucking century it is but it's like you know it's buck rogers slaying vampires in the 24th <laughs> and a half century or you know whatever it is but yeah it's like yeah that's basically the the main premise of it you know if you like stuff like batman beyond or um you know uh, I, I don't know like that that kind of you know future twist on an existing concept then then you would probably enjoy fray did do all the do all the vampires have jetpacks um <laughs> they they do unless they don't have flying uh pogo sticks so okay. it just it depends you know right. I, I think one of the reasons why i really kind of got into the buffy verse or weedon verse however you want to say it is um I, I like the fact you know and i'm, I'm going to bring this up i really hate you but like 
they didn't really go with like a lot of modern stuff, like the Twilight thing where they tried to well, pussy the vampires up. You know, in, in the Buffyverse, I always thought it was really kind of cool. If you get bit by a vampire, you'll have the same personality in a way of your former self, but you're basically possessed by a demon in some ways. You don't have a soul. Like, it's like half you have this uncontrollable bloodlust of a demon. And I always found that was really kind of a cool way of looking at it. It's like, that's why you're a vampire. It's not because you just want to drink blood, but you got some evil in you. You know, you want to go kill stuff. And uh, like I say, I, I like the updates because there's like a lot of interesting updates. Um, Oz, for example, was a character played by Seth Green. He was a basically a rock and roll slacker werewolf. <laughs> um, very funny. He, he did an excellent job of playing that character. <clears throat> Riley, even though I didn't like Riley, he was in the, the, the whole thing with the uh, kind of Frankenstein monster. Uh, season. Oh yeah, it was Adam, right? He was the yeah, Adam type villain. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was like, yeah, it was like an update. He was more robotic and stuff, but he still had like you know dead components. He was like Frankenstein, you know, you know that's what he was. Then like you know, I, I think one of the reasons why a lot of us were talking about like the whole shark jumpage thing is uh, in the I think season five. I think Buffy had seven seasons. I think I'm right on this. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, in season five she fought Glory. And yeah, she basically about, she fought Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She fought like this uber badass, and even though she died, and that's where it also kind of like jumped the shark. She died to save the world, <clears throat> and when she came back, you know, a lot of the people were like, "Okay, the stories are still pretty good, and like the humor's still there, but you fought a god, and fighting like three nerds who know about Star Wars is not really up to the same level, you know." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's interesting because I kind of feel the same way about how, how I was talking about Supernatural. It's like, you know, the, the boys, the Winchester boys, you know, they fought the devil, you know, and I'm kind of like, where do you go at? You know, it's kind of like what you guys are saying, you know, like, oh, you, you know, you basically just fought a god like you fought, you know, Wonder Woman or who, you know, wh whatever you want to compare it to. She's of a higher sort of echelon or caliber of villain, you know, and it's like, you know, you can't top that. But I think I think that's part of the charm of season six. They knew they couldn't. They were basically as opposed to the DBZ route of, uh, you know what? Freeze is the ultimate badass in the entire universe. And then it's like, <laughs> no, we lied. This guy Cell is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate badass in the universe. You know, instead of instead of taking that track route, they, they kind of went, OK, Freeze is the ultimate badass in the universe. OK, now Goku's going to get his hand trapped in some finger cuffs and, you know, uh, general, you know, uh, uh, you know, pow pow is going to, you know, like you know, cause some confusion and it's going to be kind of funny, you know, and it's like, you know, and then something turns really horrible because Chi Chi gets shot in the head or something, you know, it's like, it's like basically, you know, like they kind of played that, that, uh, you know, root with it as opposed to, uh, you know, kind of what I was saying. It's like, they didn't try to like, falsely up the ante with uh you know another villain that was like no it's like it's like this guy's really the ultimate highlander he killed 600 guys who you've never seen before in the fourth <laughs> movie you know and you're like oh okay whatever dude you know yeah i mean i, I do appreciate the like the fact that like they made willow the bad guy in the following season because <clears throat> they weren't trying to outdo themselves they were like this is a different kind of villain this was like buffy's friend you know she's like Oh shit! How do I like fight my best? I mean, there was a lot of good character moments, you know. There, were, like, like Mike was saying, you know, Spike really came into his own after the glory seasons. Yeah, and you know, a lot of good stuff happened. You know, I'm not. I don't think it was so much a, a shark jumpage moment, but at the same time, you know, 
like like I said, you know, it it, it really did kind of like you know take me a minute to readjust to it because it was like every season the big bad got bigger and badder. You know, it was like oh this big bad's uh, the vampire lord, this big bad's like Frankenstein, this big bad's friggin' a god, and then you're like oh what's you gonna fight this week? You know, Allison Hannigan, huh? You know. <laughs> And it was like, but yeah, I mean, they did do a good job on that. I don't have any hate for it at all. It's, it's not like, you know, it, you know, killed my childhood or anything. It was, it was, they had to work with what they had to work with, you know, and I understand that totally. I uh, do. Derek, agree that, yo, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, Derek, like what you were saying about Spike, though, like one thing I always liked about Spike is he's like the one that cuts through like all the angst and stuff that's like going through like the show. Like there's that one episode I love and like I think it's like season three and it's like Spike's only appearance in season three where he like comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drusilla's like dumped him and he's all depressed. And like after the whole episode of hanging out with Buffy and Angel, he's like so disgusted by all their angst and everything he's just like you know what i'm gonna go and get drusilla back now and you know i feel much better about myself yeah after, <laughs> after like, listening to all your bullshit like, and, like i'm totally happy now and i loved like the the end of the episode is like a montage of everyone like looking depressed and then it cuts to spike like driving along like, <laughs> like a, in his car with music playing and stuff like just head banging and stuff yeah and that's yeah. some great stuff yeah i i think the only like i guess it uh, a in-show meme, if you will, to use an internet phrase, <clears throat> is like I, I did kind of get annoyed with like you see whenever they like got to the point in Angel where they were like, "Huh, we need to do something that's really gonna rock the boat. Let's make Angel a vampire again." <laughs> like the the soulless vampire. It was like it wasn't bad. It wasn't poorly written. I mean, I understand like the 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 story behind like each time he turned, but he turned back evil a lot. <laughs> considering that like for like a hundred years he was like with a soul then like in the span of like eight years it was like oh shit i'm a vampire again <laughs> he went dark yeah i was gonna ask uh you and derek uh and maybe you just i don't know if you've read the comics or not um what do you think about like <clears throat> a lot of people kind of got pissed off about this but what do you think about like the fall of gun where he like you know turns to an asshole then a vampire and just not really a nice guy and i mean he redeems himself at the end but at the same time angel did kind of leave him in the hell dimension for a while and basically the same journey like every character in the buffy verse goes through at some point i mean you know gun willow wesley angel buffy i mean spike they've all been evil at some point you know yeah, but I mean, I, I know a lot of fans were kind of pissed off about that. What, what's your take on it? Do you think they had a right to be, or was it just like, oh, quit your whining? No, they they, they like it was in within the rules. I mean, he was turned into a vampire, and you know, uh, he was just you know he was a little pissed off that Angel like you know, well they the way they played it was that like you know in that final like alley battle like Angel had to go like you know, tame that dragon, so he had to, like, leave Gunn to die behind him, so when Gunn got turned into a vampire, he was like, dude, you know, not cool, so. <laughs> Thought we were bros, man. <laughs> See, what's funny is, I, I, I'd be in the, you know, quit your whining camp, except for that one scene, because it's like, it, it's almost like the thing I always complain about, which is the, it, it's my own personal meme between me and my friends, which I've shared with the fan holes, but it's the, you stub my toe meme, which basically <laughs> means, you know, 
Broly is pissed off at Goku because Goku cried in his crib. You know, uh, <laughs> Venom gets pissed off at Spider-Man like later on when he like reunites with his ex-wife, and it's like it's like his ex-wife like all of a sudden I forget what happens, but like she dies or something stupid, and then like across the way, like in a random shot of light, like he can see Spider-Man swinging through the window, and he's like, "Oh, it must have been you who caused her heart attack." Or whatever. <laughs> you know, and I'm kind of like, you know what? How you know people make these like random leaps to me and it's like to me it's the same thing it's like oh yeah no shit gun you were gonna you were gonna die in an alley it's like didn't you all know at the end of that episode you were kind of doing a butch and sundance like i think you all kind of knew that so i think it's kind of stupid for him to be like angel left me to die it's like yeah everybody was being left to die like i mean if angel fucking got eaten by the dragon and then he got vomited out should angel be like fucking gun let me guys <laughs> you know it's fucking stupid so like it's it's even a more grandiose quit your whining about gun because it's like gun should quit his whining and not be a uh you know you stub my toe type thing you know so. he did he did lose his soul because of it so that probably contributed to the whining yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i get the rules of the vampire thing but it's just one of those things where you know like it's funny to me so I haven't read any of the Angel comics, but I never liked the character again, so I could care less what happens to him. <laughs> that's that that front that that's true for me too. Like I was just like, oh, so Gun's the bad guy. Well, that's cool, you know, you know. <laughs> Go beat up Gun now. <laughs> yeah, um, I always had an issue with Connor myself. He just, I don't know. It, it, was, it, it especially and like a lot of fans have said this, and maybe I will sound whiny for uh, a chance. But, like, especially during the whole, like, you know, uh, Jasmine thing where he's just so fucking goddamn pussy whipped. Just like, Connor, go get me some orange juice. Okay. And by the way, kill Angel. Alrighty. You know, it just like, you just turned kind of good. And now you're just like, well, okay, to see, like, you know, fucking Charisma Carter's tits. So I guess that does kind of help. Because um, <laughs> apparently they did the did the deed so <clears throat> but yeah it just I, I never did like connor i don't know he he did kind of reminding me of creepy seasons stop it Tony. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah the yeah, season that... that should should not be mentioned yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the jasmine season is is not the epitome of the weeden verse you could you could skip that one that, that was totally fine well, the, to me, it's like, it, I always took it as, like, X-Men comics. It's like, if you watch every single episode, you'll know what's going on, but, like, you, you, you have to follow it from the beginning. Like, like you can definitely not jump into the middle of season four and be like, hey, so, uh, you know, munch on your popcorn and be like, so how's this Angel show been going? What's been going on? And you're like, fuck you for asking that. Like, go out of this yeah. room and, and don't come back until I finish watching this, you know? like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I guess you could tell uh, fan hole listeners, we are pretty much big fans of the uh, Weedonverse. If uh, they're on DVD, they're actually on DVD pretty damn cheap now. So uh, They have those they have those complete sets now. So those Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, they're like 20 bucks. Go to Walmart, pick them up. Yes, Buffy does have some girl drama. It, is, it does have a female-y character, but it's not mm-hmm. a pussy fucking show. Buffy's a badass. She kicks ass. She's really, you know, You know what I was going to say? Um, like it. It didn't even occur to me until like season three, to like the end of season three, that Buffy was even considered like a girl show, or like that was the main demographic. Because like I, w- I always watched it and talked to my buddies about it, and I remember one day in some classroom, 
uh, this girl kind of walked in and she overheard us talking. She's like, "Oh, you guys talking about uh, Buffy?" And, you know, we're like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, I can't believe Angel broke up with her. Like, what's she gonna <laughs> do?" I felt so sorry for. Her. I'm like, "Wait, you, you watch Angel? This is like, you know, I, I didn't imagine the girl watching this. I guess at the time, you know." She's like, "Yeah, I've been watching since season one," and she like rambled off the whole history. So I was like, "Wait." Is this a girl's show? You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like not aware of things like that. But I, you know, kind of like as a kid, like I really liked Jim. But I guess like as a kid, I didn't see it as a girl's show until like, you know, my dad was like, oh, this is a girl's show. You don't need to watch this. I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is a girl's show, but I like it. And <laughs> no, I watch I watch Jim all the time. Fuck, fuck yeah. all those haters. Jim's cool. <laughs> Hey, uh, watch watch what you want want to watch. Damn it! Um, exactly the same thing with Buffy. It's a good fucking show. So just you know, check it out. Um, I will. Yeah, I think we did mention this one time before, but I also, I mean, this may be a little bit of a somber note to end this topic on. But I do feel the guy deserves some respect. I would like to say rest in peace, Andy Hallett. He played Lorne. He uh, passed away uh, a, a little while ago. It's been a while, but he was a really talented actor. He was really great as Lorne slash the host, however you want to call him. And uh, he was a really cool guy, and uh, you know he will be missed. He was a, he was an awesome person, so I just want to kind of throw that in there. You don't hear very well. I won't take part in a street fight. I said, got it. It does not matter where a battle is waged. Oh please. We're gonna move ahead though, moving on ever ever forward as we usually do. Always whirling, whirling, whirling. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go talk about favorite fighting game in the video game segment of this podcast fighting games really no explanation you beat the crap out of each other that's all you do and it's fun it's just good good video game fun um we're just pretty much going to say what our favorite video game is as far as the fighting genre and why we like that fighting game i'm going to start with someone i haven't started with this time and i want to go with justin what's your favorite fighting game sir well, I'm going to have to go with uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube. Um, it's it's ungodly the amount of time of my life I've wasted just playing that game because I, you know, like my, my brother and I got uh, the original Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64. You know, we thought that was a great game, you know, just like different Nintendo characters fighting each other. Like that was a great concept to us. Um so when we got the GameCube version, you know, it like that, you know, it was all over. Like it, we just kind of went to town, you know, fighting each other. We got really, really insanely competitive. Um, and then there was like other stuff to do, like collecting trophies and sh- such. But uh, it's it's just ungodly the amount of time I was spent like fighting against him and just like you know inviting random people over to the house and you know playing them and watching them get angry as I you know you know, defeat them as Link or something. But, uh, yeah, like, that's that's probably my favorite game. It's probably, you know, the the video game I've wasted the most amount of my life playing. Basically, just one of those games why, <clears throat> where, like, a lot of people may not say, like, oh, it's the greatest game in the world. It's just something you really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably not the greatest game in the world, but it's... I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, when I, I had a Wii for a while, and I really liked the Smash Brothers game for the Wii, but, uh, I didn't really play it as near as much as I played the one for GameCube, but yeah, I'd have to go with Super Smash Brothers uh, Melee for the GameCube. 
I had fun. Yeah, I, I, I played that over at a friend's house, and, and he always he knows I like uh, playing as Pikachu, you know, for no discernible <laughs> reason. So he's like, he's like, dude, but there's also like, uh, I think it was like, uh, what's that other guy, the, the, the Maria or whatever, like the other one from one of those movies. So like, you know, there's a couple other characters and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I enjoyed playing that with him. Was so. Derek? Was your strategy the same as mine? Just jump into a mass of people and call down the thunderbolt? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chew, chew was my major attack. You know, I would, I would chew the shit out of people with the, the Shazam <laughs> bolt. You know, but yeah. See, see, now I kind of hate you, Derek, because my brother was always Pikachu, and I was always Link. So it's like this fierce hatred of. Uh, Animosity. Link. I never knew yeah. that Link uh, Link hated Pokemon so much. You know, <laughs> he could choose my my dog. He's my man. Like, oh no. Well, he, he kind of like you know assumes like pe- like. Pokemon are kind of like Navi is like, you know, over here, over here, over here. Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu is like every character that repeats himself must die. <laughs> I, I also used to play as Captain Falcon, you know, with Falcon. Oh, yeah, say, I can't like the Falcon. Yeah. Oh, Falcon yeah. kick. <laughs> Show me your moves. The, the greatest thing ever I used to love to do on Smash Brothers, uh, I think it was two. I don't know if they're in three. I haven't played three. But beating somebody with the ice climbers really kills their fucking ego. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Or Jigglypuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jigglypuff. Yeah, that um, was that was pretty awesome when I learned I could Jigglypuff people. <laughs> <laughs> I like making them sleep and then they just fall off the edge like in midair. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like when, like, uh, for the, I don't know if this is a transition or not, but it's it's kind of the same reasoning I would use to play as Roll and a Mingo and like Dalsim. It was like my make you feel humiliated for losing to me, like team or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I want to pick the worst character and still kick your ass. Yeah. Oh, and then and then the other character that that my friend hated when I played was uh, uh, Anarchist or whatever, the mummy guy from Dark the mummy from because it's like that's it's, it's even worse than Dalsim, you know. It's like they're so slow, you know. And he's like, "Stop wrapping me in the mummy things," you know. And, stuff, <laughs> you know? and it's like that's all I'd, I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. You know? and it's like right after he gets out of it, get him right back in it. He's like, "Motherfucker, what are you doing?" <laughs> you know. Well, that, that does make me ask though, Derek. Is uh, Darkstalker is your favorite game, or do you have a different choice? Oh, this is. I was just talking about like Marvel versus Capcom too, because like, oh, okay, it's probably. I I I think I'm gonna have to lean with that because I mean, of of most fighting games, I think that there's a couple honorable mentions like for like Street Fighter Two, Killer Instinct, and X Men Mutant Academy Two, just of of games that I played like tons of you know time spent playing, but like. Marvel versus Capcom 2, like, uh, we, I got it as a Dreamcast game, and I, I liked it in the arcade even before that, so, like, I was like, you know what, I, like, I bought a Dreamcast just so we could play Marvel versus Capcom 2, you know, and it was just, like, one of those things where it was, like, that was something that we played, like, all the fucking time, you know, so it's, like, you know, there's, there's plenty of fond memories, like, anything I say about, you know, uh, fighting games, like, it's, like, it, basically, like, I would play with, you know, mostly good buddies of mine, 
line and stuff, but he would play Gambit all the time and be like, kinetic card, kinetic card, kinetic card. And my thing, you know, my, my thing would be, you know, I'd be pissed off when I'd lose to Gambit. And so I'd just be like, go away, Gambit. Like, (laughs) you know, stuff. And so like, that was something he always kind of laughed at because it was like that or like my other thing was, you know, I, I know I've mentioned this probably in the past, but I'd, do not like magic and magic stuff or whatever. But like, so my, my other <laughs> thing is Superman. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, basically or Iron Man or whatever. But it's just like one of those things where whenever I would like start losing horrendously to him, which would be, you know, pretty often, which I'd just be like, magic like fucking magic like it's like you know how sometimes you just can't you know get out of a situation where you know you can't block it and you can't you know uh you know you're just constantly being comboed and stuff you know and i'd just be like why can't i you know like break this uh you know combo or whatever that he's doing on you so like you know the the, it's like i have a lot of fond memories of playing like all that and then of course like if if i ever wanted to like win it's like you know i i my my there's the madness to my cheap method which is we were laughing about this the other day because he told me he's gonna go get a a ps3 and probably buy ultimate marvel versus capcom and he's like he's like oh yeah i have fond memories of you donkey punching me with fucking sentinel like your three sentinel (laughs) madness team because that was like if i have three sentinels it's pretty much like i can cheap anybody to fucking death with uh donkey punches and shit you know so it's like (laughs) One of those things where it'd be like doggy bunch, doggy bunch, laser, doggy bunch, doggy <laughs> bunch, laser. You know? I just, hate you. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's that's just you know that that was one of those like unstoppable things, you know. And then you know I like Ryu a lot from Street Fighter, so I got pretty good at playing Ryu because he was one of my favorite characters and stuff like that. And you know, like I said, like you know, guys like uh, Anarchus and Amingo, you know, were kind of like, I like playing like lame characters and beating people up with them and stuff like that. So, you know, that's basically, uh, I guess that's all I can say. I, I like that they have like so many characters to choose from and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's a fond, uh, it's a game I have fond memories of and, and, you know, that I know I played a whole, whole shitload uh, of the time. So Derek, Derek, I do not want to be taken for a ride. I want to take you for a ride. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, we, we 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 yeah. That's one thing that that everybody made fun of was that that song like was going crazy, or like when you would like leave that on, like sometimes yeah, like, leave it on in the background and you're like turn it off. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next just in case because I think Mike's either might be close to that or maybe you know a slight upgrade that has come out. Um, recently, but I could be wrong, but we'll see. <clears throat> for me, uh, for the record, though, when uh, I didn't, I didn't scream magic. Whenever my friends would kick my ass, they usually did the whole thing where they would like shove me into the side and just like keep doing moves over and over again, and I'd just like scream, "Quit being a fucking corner monkey!" Uh, <laughs> they just hated the fucking corner shit where they would just pound on me until my my life bar went away. I will. I'm. I'm going to play the old man card. I know. I know. But I would have to go with the Street Fighter Two series in a way, from Street Fighter Two to like, I want to say before Super Street Fighter. I didn't really like Super Street Fighter. I wasn't really a big fan of T Hawk and all those guys. But like Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Turbo, Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting, all the same game really. They just had slight upgrades. <clears throat> that was just my shit. 
because I would go to the actual arcade. Yes, kids, people actually had arcades back in the day that we actually went to instead of playing at home. And my friend was such an ass. He would kick my ass nine times out of ten. But every once in a while, I would overcome the odds and actually beat the shit out of him. He really hated when I played uh, Blanca because I would just jump swipe him all the time. And he'd be like, quit doing that shit. And I'm like, no, um, <laughs> it works. <laughs> But as I played, I actually got better with characters. I really enjoyed Ken. I really enjoyed uh, playing as Bison on the uh, hyper fighting version. It was it was just really good times. And like you know, it is very much a nostalgia thing. There's a lot more games I've played since then that are the fighting genre, Tekken, um, you know, uh, uh, Soul Calibur. You know, really nice looking games, really well done graphically and stuff. But just for just all time, I have to go with like the Street Fighter Two like. I guess, trilogy, if you will. Just really good nostalgia, really good times that I enjoyed beating the crap out of my, beating the shit out of my friend on. And when it came on to Super Nintendo, even more time wasted at our houses. And yeah, I just really can't even go much further than that. It's just fond, fond, fond memories of me and my friend yelling at each other and almost ending our friendship multiple times because it was like you fucking cheat you cheat you fucking cheater <laughs> you know i think so. uh the super nintendo street fighter 2 was where i learned how to play fighting games and where i first got street fighter thumb for playing it so long <laughs> over a weekend you know i was being i was being taught by the master who taught me which is one of my my good friends from high school or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I ended up getting, I think the super Nintendo, uh, for my birthday or whatever, but he was great at the arcade game too. And like, I'm, I, I'm piss poor at any using arcade sticks. Like I, I learned on a, you know, on a super Nintendo pad. So like, I'm really good as long as I have a pad, you know, somewhere, but like, I'm not too good with like, you know how people get, you know, it's like, Oh, super street fighter four came out and I bought my super street fighter four arcade joystick with Ken's like ass tattooed on the <laughs> thing or whatever. Like, like I'm no good at playing with one of those joysticks, but uh, I'm, I'm okay. You know, playing with the, the controller, I think, you know? Yeah. I, I got so used to arcade sticks. It's just like, I, I could pull up a sure you can like in my sleep, but on the D pad, I'm like forward, down, down, forward, corner, forward. <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Ugh, I just say dead. dragon punch motion, and most people get what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you, you learn a lot playing with your friends. I, that's all I can say. Like, getting your ass kicked is always humbling. Um, what about you, Mike? Like I said, I, I think you might go with Derek on this, but you might pull something out of your hat and totally surprise me. Well, I'd like to lead off by saying that uh, fighting games are my favorite kind of video games. Um, I I don't know why. It's just the way things worked out, I guess. I mean, I played, yeah, like Street Fighter 2 in the arcade or, you know, one of the variants, Super Street Fighter 2, and I loved it, and I always used to play it, and I was often, I often got the Street Fighter thumb that Derek describes, you know. One time, I it was so bad. I think the Genesis controller is the absolute worst for that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I made my thumbs bleed on a Genesis controller <laughs> playing Street fighter i mean it was really that insane and like at some points 
but um I think my thumbs are calloused enough now that I'll never get that again. I mean, they're just so dense, right? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like, I play so much Street Fighter, it's just like, that'll never happen again, I don't think. You're like, but, I, would, I would like to thank M. Bison from Street Fighter Alpha 3 for giving <laughs> me non-callousable thumbs. <laughs> yep, that must be it. And, I realize, like, marrow, like a little, like, thin sheen of bone is formed between his thumbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, like, I, this, I, is, I have... this is my mutant power. <laughs> Denton callous thumbs, yeah. No, but I I will say yeah that Street Fighter as a franchise is my favorite like you know series of fighting games and that extends to any pretty much any variant of Street Fighter. Um, I love like the most recent uh, Super Street Fighter Four uh, Arcade Edition. I guess is the subtitle. The most the best and most recent upgrade to Street Fighter Four. Um, I love yeah Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, which just came out this past week. Um, and I, I I still love like you know all the uh, ones that came before, but I'm just like you know I I might as well go with the best version that is out more or less now. Um, I, I have fondness for like Street Fighter Three, and I I think the third variant of Street Fighter Three was called Third Impact, and that that I had that for Dreamcast. I I loved that game. Um, that brings me I I had to pick one I one Street Fighter game that I would say is my favorite one, and that would be Street Fighter Alpha 3. Um, I had that for PlayStation 1, and this is... I clocked, like, an insane amount of hours on that (laughs) game. That game has, like, an internal clock reader, and I'm pretty sure I'm at something insane, like 200 and something hours on that game. And keep in mind that this is PS1 with no online play, so I clocked 200 and something hours on that game on my own, pretty much. You know, not fighting anyone else, so that's pretty uh, pretty bad, I'd say. I don't know if I played 3. Does 3 have 8 on in it? Uh, all of the alphas have eight on in it. Okay, but... so about to say, so you still have like like horrible nightmares of Yakatooth, Yakatick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in Super Street Fighter Four too. Yeah, like that's like Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition is a pretty good amalgamation of like uh, two, three, and the Alpha series. Like they have a smattering of characters from everywhere in there, but. Uh... I just I I just go with Alpha Three just because it's the one I probably spent the most time on and uh, the one I have the most like fond memories of I'd say probably, um, but yeah I I still regularly play like obviously I just got Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three so I'll be playing that for a while, and you know I'll, I'll still go back and play Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition, <laughs> uh, I just got that actually a few months ago so I'll probably go back when I feel I need a break from Marvel vs. Capcom and play that. So, uh, so you know how I said like I like using the Donkey Punch with Sentinel all the time? For Street Fighter Alpha 3, I was a big fan of using the Big Butt Attack for Rainbow Mika. That's how I like to <laughs> destroy my opponents. And that it kind of combines both. It's like it was a good move to use, but they were also infuriated that I was killing them with her butt. So it's it's kind of combines the whole uh, Amingo, you know. Uh, yeah, when, oh, when she's like, Bamba! Yeah, Bamba! yeah. I would, I would Bamba people till they died. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never have like Sakura. I don't know why. 
I, th- I think my my destroy everyone character was Sagat in that. I was like Tiger, Tiger knee, Tiger yeah. roll. I, but, I, I I remember when I played uh, Alpha One in the arcade for the first time. I because I, that was like when they first introduced the shadow moves, and I I literally had like you know a fanboy like you know fangasm when I was like just getting my ass kicked and I had a full super uh, meter. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and I just, like, rocked the fucking controller back and forth uh, multiple times. And for some reason, like, Sagat was just like, Tiger Genocide! I'm like, oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember it was cool that, like, Alpha came out around the same time that Street Fighter 2, like, animated movie came out. And I thought that was, like, the shit. And then, like, when I saw Alpha in the arcade, I was like, oh, cool, it's like an anime-styled, like, Street Fighter game, just like the movie. And, I mean, the the animation styles didn't really match exactly, but it was still, like, really awesome to, like, you know, you kind of felt like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm playing, like, in the movie, you know? And, you know, Sagat versus Ryu in the, the lightning field with all the grass and all that. They had that stage, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome, you know? But... So, so I yeah, guess, so like, me and you are kind of secret brothers. In a yeah, well, I was gonna say I'm sort of a Street Fighter connoisseur of sorts. So yeah, yeah, I'll go with Street Fighter as a franchise. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, all the games listed are are great. I was gonna fuck with you guys and be like, you know what my favorite fighting game is? Primal Rage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't like monkeys flinging flaming poop at each other or whatever the hell they did? Hey, hey, I'm going to I'm going to eat you with my raptor jaws and you're not <laughs> looking while you're flinging poop. So there. Okay. The only thing I'd say about Primal Rage is it wasn't a bad concept, but god, the home ports had the worst control ever. Oh man. It was painful. Jeez. <laughs> I like. I remember. Like, I was gonna say, Derek mentioned like Killer Instinct. I remember liking Killer Instinct for like N sixty four. I think it was like Killer Instinct Gold. I'm, mm. I'm kind of sad that that game, like that that series, didn't go any further than that. Yeah, I I I really enjoyed like because I'm I'm more of a Super Nintendo guy. But even though the port wasn't as good as the arcade version, like I played that SNES port. Uh, Did the sequel the, ever the, get released? Killer Instinct two. I, on a home port. Mm. Yeah, it was called it was Killer Instinct Gold on N six. Oh, okay. okay. That was yeah. That was two. Yeah. Oh, okay. There was also they they did a, um, a, a viewers or listeners may or may not know this, but there was actually a short lived uh, comic book series from Acclaim, and it was I think it was done either I think Bart Sears did it or maybe his his. Uh, his student uh, Andy Smith did the art for it, but it was definitely a Bart Sears uh, style art on that. So, uh, in case anybody's interested, it's uh, it's uh, not. I don't think it's that well known, but anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. I think I remember having an issue from that. <clears throat> yeah, Killer Instinct was actually really good. I mean, as much as I was picking on Primal Rage, Killer Instinct had really good controls. I mean, it I like really uh, I like Glacius. He was my dude. <laughs> I like it. It's, <laughs> it seemed, it seemed like I don't know. It just Killer Instinct seemed like a mix of like Street Fighters, like combat with like Mortal Kombat's like fatalities and mm, stuff. So that's yeah, probably yeah. why I liked it. So yeah, much. I was yeah. never. It's kind of odd, even though they ended up eventually fighting with the DC characters. But I can't say that I ever really got into the Mortal Kombat style of fighting game because I feel like I was. 
I was weaned on Street Fighter, and that was somehow a little, I don't know, it just, it, it was like I had to relearn how to fight with those guys, and I never really got super solid on that. I, I think yeah. the biggest problem is, is, like, Mortal Kombat and, like, Tekken and all them, they require too many joystick moves before you hit a button. And, like, with Street Fighter, it's a lot more intuitive. It's like, okay, I rock the joystick, and I hit the button, and I do a dragon punch. Yeah, but, like t- but games yeah. like Soul Calibur and, like, even, dare I say it, like, Masters of Terracossi or stuff like that, it's like you still had other elements to the fighting game where you're, you know, kind of shifting and rotating and, and, and you know, changing your your sort of perspective and stuff, but it wasn't so off-putting. It's like I could I could get into and kind of go, oh, yeah, I see, in Soul Calibur, I press this button to block and do this and that, and I could kind yeah. of switch up a little bit once I got used to it. But I think, with like, <sighs> Mortal Kombat, I just, I don't know, I just never, you know, it's like I've, I've played Mortal Kombat games. Like, obviously, I own Mortal Kombat versus DC, but I, I, I've always kind of liked the the street fighter gameplay style better just because it was the first thing that i learned you know so it's kind of like you know it's like i you know it's like if i drive a stick you know it's like yeah i can drive an automatic car and i got no problems with it but it's like i'm always i always feel more comfortable driving you feel like you have more control yeah yeah exactly i i think one of the worst ideas ever came up with i don't know if it was mortal kombat 2 or 3 i think it was 3 but the worst idea i ever heard of was the run button and I'm sitting there playing this game, and, like, all the run button does is, like, it's supposed to enhance your combos. If you run up and catch them without blocking, you can do a couple of quick, you know, punches and kicks and stuff. But it just always annoyed me because if you tried to push the run button, your character would, like, start running, and he'd go, yeah! Like, <laughs> why are you so excited to run, you know? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, okay, glad you're athletic, so good job. <laughs> but, yeah. And the fact that it was actually a separate button, because you had all these punch and kick buttons, because it was like Street Fighter. You had like low kick, high kick, low punch, high punch, and then run over here in the corner, and you're like, that's fucking not intuitive at all. I don't want to run. I don't give a shit about running. But yeah, like, yeah, but it, I mean, it's your choice. I know a lot of people love Mortal Kombat. I was a big fan of the first Mortal Kombat as far as Raiden just going, you know, back, 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 forward, 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 and blowing someone's head off with Raiden, so. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really just a, a, a matter of preference. Street Fighter, I got to agree with uh, Mike. It's just very uh, a good series. You know, I agree with Derek. It's very intuitive. If you learn on Street Fighter, that's just how you roll, pretty much. So, Have you always been friends? What's up with we you never, and Eddie? We never had a fight, ever. I just have always hated their band. <laughs> um, we're going to move on to our final uh, topic for the week favorite album again like the fighting game it's just music we really like our favorite album the thing that we like to listen to or something that we can like just you know plug in and just go to town and be like yeah rock and roll or like i said whatever i want to go with let's start off with Derek. what's like one of your well what is your favorite album or if you have more than one i understand that yeah, this was this was a little tough. I mean, I, I, I admittedly, I, I don't think I like popular music, but there are plenty of albums that I thought of when this question came up. So 
I'm gonna go ahead and list them all since I, I wrote them down. But uh, but madness. This is, yeah, I know madness exactly. But uh, I'd say for the 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 main, I it, like maybe we'll leave the others for honorable mentions. But the two that I I want to acknowledge as my favorite albums are uh, the Weezer Blue album. Like I, I really like Weezer, and and hopefully uh, I'm you know my my secret brother uh, who is absent would probably at least echo liking uh, Weezer and this album. I know Brian's probably at least with me on that, but uh, that, I that, really that would be uh, that would be their debut album, right? Yeah, that is the debut album. I I I was trying to think of albums that I listened to the entire album and liked you know every song and enjoyed listening to the album again and again. And uh, when when we were doing this topic, because, you know, sometimes, you know, how in the old days, you know, pre, you know, uh, you know, downloading uh, music and stuff like that, where you could sort of cherry pick, you know, the hot single or even, you know, even back in the day, I remember, you know, I would get singles on cassette tapes, you know, and you'd have the, the hot song you wanted to buy for like two or three bucks. And then there'd be like a B track. So it's like I remember, you know, something like Crash Test Dummies. I couldn't tell you that I liked their album, you know, because I liked, you know, mm, <laughs> you know, and like, and on, on the back of that, the B track was the Superman song. So it's like, I like both those songs, but I can't tell you like, oh dude, yeah, I listened to their entire album and it's awesome. It's like, but with Weezer, I could tell you that with a straight face. It's like, dude, I like all the songs on the blue album. If the song started playing in the car, I can sing along to them. And I know the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, in general, I think I like Weezer um, a lot, you know, but but that blue album is the one that I probably like the best of all their albums. Um, this the the second one that I wanted to mention, which I think is kind of cheating, uh, is uh, a greatest hits album. So I don't know if that's like boo, you're cheating or whatever, but it's like I, um, I I love the Police Greatest Hits album. So I and I know I listened to that a whole bunch, and so I you know I I that's something that I just wanted to throw in there. Um, but as far as like runners up or whatever, uh, I, I really like, uh, Ben Folds five, the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner. Um, I listened to that like a bunch, like right after I, uh, graduated college. So that probably dates me, but that's probably, I, I'd say that's probably the last popular music I listened to like after the year, like 1999 or 2000. Cause I don't, I don't listen to too much recent music these days. Um, I really, really like uh, In Utero for Nirvana. Uh, I really like uh, Super Fast from Dynamite Hack. And I really like Core from Stone Temple Pilots. So those were the albums I thought of when this question was posed. Um, but, you know, of all of them, I'll, I'll probably just go with Weezer and say that, the you know, Blue is probably my favorite album. I mean, I guess you can go with that if you want, Derek, if you really want to destroy my sweater. Um... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> um, I, I will actually get Derek's back on that one. It's not going to be my favorite album, but I will agree with him that, like, as far as complete albums, there's not a bad song on that whole album. It's it's good shit all the way through. So yeah, definitely pick up the Weezer the Blue album. I'll go ahead, move along. Let's go ahead to Any Meeny Money Mo. What favorite music does Mike want to? talk about okay that didn't rhyme whatever <laughs> it was like i thought you were gonna say what music does mike want to show or something <laughs> that's what i thought he was gonna say even more clever than me <laughs> uh 
Um, I'm not. I think I already established this when we did like our uh, topic on fate, like our first concert or whatever. I'm not much of a music guy, you know. If I hear a song somewhere and I like it, I'll just like get it and put it on my iPod, and that'll be the end of it. Like I won't look any further into the band or anything like that. Um, when I was trying to think of an album, I, I just thought I was looking for something that like. Uh, the highest concentration of like songs I like on a single CD. And like, the only thing I came up with was like a weird Al Yankovic CD and <laughs> like his album running with scissors, which has like three or four of his songs that I really like. And like, I would say, are some of... no, that was on the one before oh, that... it, but oh, okay. yeah, yeah that's right. another, that's another good one. But like uh running with scissors has like the, the, um, the, um, what's it called the uh episode one song the my my this iranican guy you know and it has um the uh the horoscope song which i love and uh it has some other things but i forgot what they were but yeah uh, <laughs> oh it has um what do you call it does it have it, it i forgot have... oh. yet yeah, i know it has albuquerque on it which is a great <laughs> song or it's not even a song it's just him ranting for like 10 minutes and like telling <laughs> it's a 30 minute song but it's funny. yeah it's like it's like just him telling a story for 10 minutes to music which is just hilarious but and you know that's pretty much it you know like i'm not like i don't actively really seek out like you know albums or whatever i just like hear a song and i like it and i'll stick it on my ipod and you know that's it so that's about it really <laughs> Hey, if you, if you had to pick somebody, a Weird Al is not a bad choice at all. He's he's fucking brilliant. I love the guy. Um, and not just because like he he parodies stuff, but like he's genuinely talented. He could play fucking music. He can actually sing. He's not just you know ha 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 funny stuff. So yeah, I, I suppose I suppose I could pick like Transformers the movie soundtrack because <laughs> nothing's gonna stand in our way. Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lion. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and go next because I know Justin is a, a pretty big music fan, so I, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath to hear his choices, so I want to go ahead and do mine. Um, I wanna, I'm Just because Derek went off, I'm going to do a honorary mention that I wasn't going to do, but for my favorite one that I did actually pick, I'm going to go with Faith No More, Angel Dust, which is probably not one of their more popular albums. It's sold pretty well. It came out after... Uh, uh, the real thing, and ain't, uh, Faith No More is just one of my favorite bands. I loved him to death. Mike Patton is a brilliant singer, fucked up in the head. He is not in his right mind, but dear lord, I love the way he sings, the way he brings intensity to a situation. And Angel Dust was <clears throat> one of these albums that I got when I was in my high school phase. And yes, this is totally dating me like a motherfucker, but I don't care. It made me realize that music was not what I thought it was. Faith No More was kind of Limp Biscuit before Limp Biscuit was Limp Biscuit with the whole rock and rap kind of subtext. But unlike Limp Biscuit, Angel uh Faith No More is actually talented. And the... Tony Tony wants it all, but he can't have it. I can't. It's in my face, but I just can't <laughs> grab it. Um <laughs> but uh it's there's a lot of different songs on here that's why i like it so much there's like there's some straight up rock you know heavy metal stuff and i've always been a fan of heavy metal there's actually some kind of ballady stuff that's really fucked up it's not the kind of ballads you would normally hear and then for no reason there's a cover of midnight cowboy um 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's that <laughs> kind of weird kind of album, but it, that is kind of what was my uh, gateway into music because I don't like music that is. I kind of agree with Derek. I don't like the kind of poppy stuff. I don't like stuff that's just rehash and regurgitated and like, you know, here's what's cool today. We're going to talk about shaking butts and drinking alcohol and going to the club. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. That's not my life. I like hearing about strange things because I have a strange set of mind. You know, I like to think about things outside the box. And that was probably the closest kind of music I ever like heard to like, you know, how my thought processes go. So it really did strike a chord with me. Um, on the flip side, uh, for just an honorable mention, just for something kind of fun, I <laughs> probably will get picked on this, but actually like uh, Bjork. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll totally back you up there, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Bjork is really fucked up as well, but she's got a great voice. She sings like these really haunting melodies and, you know, she gets a lot of shit and like, you know. I guess you would say society, but like, you know, Bjork is a really good fucking singer and probably like uh, my favorite album by her. And I'm actually on the spot right now because I didn't really want to bring her uh, the album up. So I looked up the actual title. It's okay, Uh, Tony. You're only Schumann. I am. (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm looking up her debut album because she was actually a part of the Sugar Cubes as well for a while. And... Oh, it's just called debut. Well, that's fucking easy. Um, (laughs) But that was one of my favorite ones. It had a lot of good songs on it. Uh, I put myself on the spot, so I blame only myself. Like I said, she was part of the Sugar Cubes. Uh, She's Icelandic. She, to me, I mean, she's probably older now, but hell, I'm older. She always kind of seemed cute to me, too. She had this kind of sprightly nature. Her music is fucked up. It's not normal. It's not going to be the kind of music that you're going to be like, you know, oh, I could dance to it. If you could dance to Bjork music, then you're fucking talented. <laughs> well, uh, well, yes. yes. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony, watch the episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast when he has Bjork on. It is fucking amazing. I've probably seen it, but I probably forgot it. But yeah, I'll probably have to relook that up. Um, yeah, probably the only one you could really uh, dance to is like... Uh, the you fall in love because that's like a jazz thing in it but yeah uh yeah totally check out debut if you haven't uh ever heard of it really fucked up music and in the same uh connotation as faith no more stuff you would not normally hear usually um yes <laughs> for other stuff hell i like all kinds of stuff so don't even bother looking that up rolling stones you know uh led zeppelin all that stuff stuff you already heard of two stuff you Two uh, albums you may never have heard of, those would be my picks. So I'm going to go to Justin on this because I know he's probably going to wax as poetic as I did because I know he's a big music fan. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't imagine like you know starting my day without music. That's that's part of my daily routine. You know, I, I wake up whenever I wake up because you know I pretty much insomniac. So I I wake up and do my morning routine and put on some music. And, you know, just kind of kick back and relax. And I've always got music playing when I'm reading or writing. And, you know, lately it seems like I'm always reading or writing, so I'm, I'm always listening to something. But I, I couldn't pick just one album as my favorite, so I, I, I picked three. And then I've got some honorable mentions, so I kind of took the mic room, I guess. I didn't invent honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Derek this week, so haha, I actually get to call somebody on that. 
Yeah, I totally. I I, I did the honorable mention stuff this week. And no, I will I will totally acknowledge it now in the face of God, this podcast, and all our <laughs> listeners that Mike did not invent honorable mentions. I have falsely attributed honorable mentions to Mike. Don't, don't tell me he didn't invent it. I saw him invent it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Mike invented it and then punched time and changed the system. Yes, uh, uh, Scarlet, Scarlet Witch is like, Mike didn't invent this. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, no more honorable mentions. <laughs> and then made Tony like credit uh, Scottimus for it. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, but the first album I'm going to pick is uh, the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper. Um, I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan. And I first got into them, um, I guess I was a senior in high school. Um, that's around the time their uh, one album came out, which was like all their number one hits. Um, and this girl I was seeing at the time kind of copied this CD onto a tape for me, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I can see what all the fuss is about. You know, these Beatle guys are pretty cool. And then it turned into this kind of big obsession for um, a very long time. I was a very big Beatles fan for many, many years. I still am, but I'm just moved on to other things, I guess. Another album uh, that's probably my favorite is uh, the Pink Floyd uh, double disc I guess uh, album The Wall um, kind of when I got out of my Beatles phase I moved into other bands like uh, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and when I found uh, The Wall I got that that kind of blew my mind it's like when I you know I talked about on the anime show where I talked about uh, watching Akira as a kid in middle school and I'm like wow this I don't know what this means but this means something this is big that's kind of how I felt about uh listening to the wall the first time it kind of blew my mind not that i've ever done drugs but if you ever do do drugs you should really watch the wall <laughs> no 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 don't uh <laughs> don't don't ever do that and watch the wall or the beatles animated movie yellow submarine like i've i've seen people i can't even watch that drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it's uh it's an experience not nice. not that i've ever done any of that but uh Another uh, CD I really like is uh, the Radiohead album Kid A. Um, I almost went with uh, Paranoid Android because I really liked that one, and that was the first Radiohead album I ever bought. But I ended up going up with uh, with Kid A because I I like Kid A just a little bit better, and I'll probably listen to Kid A more times. And it's that's one of the CDs I can just put on like infinite repeat and just listen to it over and over and over and not get bored of it. Ronald mentions, Tony, you and I are secret brothers because I actually did pick a Bjork album. Um, I guess, um, let's see, back in like 2005, I was uh, I was seeing this girl, and we we were up late one night, and we were just kind of, you know, sitting around conversing and playing uh, different CDs for each other, you know, just kind of getting to know each other. Totally reading and, the Bible, not doing anything weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the, uh, she was like, you know, getting ready to put in the next CD, and she was like, oh, Bjork. I was like, what? And, you know, I laughed. I was like, Bjork? I was like, the crazy Icelandic Fuck girl. Fuck that Icelandic puppet. Fuck her. Know, she's like wearing a dress that's made out of a swan or something. I'm like, really? I, you know, I totally poo-pooed Bjork, but uh, – I, I do she, question the hair styles. <laughs> um, 
but the she she put in the post CD, and that that kind of that kind of blew me away. I was like, wow, this is this is actually really good. I really like that. And then after that, she played a few more uh, Bjork albums, and they're all pretty good. Um, but post um, post is probably my favorite one. I probably listen to it the most. Um, one thing I do know is I, I believe Post was actually after debut, wasn't it? I want to say it's her second album, but I, you know, don't don't quote me on that. Yeah. Um, I guess my last honorable mention will be uh, the Queen album Innuendo, and if you're a Queen Queen fan, you're probably questioning me like, why did I pick Innuendo? Because most Queen fans would pick um, a Night at the Opera or a Day at the Races, but I, I really enjoy Innuendo. It's you know, like Kid A or Post, it's one of those albums I can put on like uh, infinite repeat and just listen to it over and over and still enjoy it. Or you know, I'll be listening to it for like the thousandth time and I'll find some kind of uh, some lyric that stands out and, you know, kind of hits me more at that point for some reason. Like maybe I didn't uh, notice it before or meh, something like that, but uh, I really enjoy Innuendo. I will. I will definitely give you some secret brothers credit on Queen because I do love some Queen. If nothing else, Justin, me and you are the princes of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> we were born to be kings. <laughs> exactly. Um, Fighting and free. Oh yeah, and we both like fat bottom girls. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Just to uh, kind of close this uh, topic up, I will throw a couple of not honorable mentions, but just some random uh, bands out there. If you guys want to do the same, it's not that I didn't like them enough to put them on an album. It's just I like their whole discography, if you will. So check out some Beck, some Flaming Lips, and some Butthole Surfers and Jane's Addiction. All good bands. Um, anybody you guys want to throw out there just for like their work in total, not like a single favorite album? Um, I'll totally back you up with Beck. Like I, I really love it. Beck. I think I've got all of his albums. Um, he put out like a, a two disc album a while back. Like I, I haven't even had time to listen to all of it, but I, I really enjoyed the first disc that I listened to. Um, I really was big on uh, Loser, and then I also liked Odelay, but I don't think I've listened to anything that Beck has made after that. He kind of dropped off the radar for a while, so. Yeah, I didn't even know he did a two two disc uh, album recently, so <clears throat> I had to check that out myself. As far as like other people, I really like their their whole volume of work. I would probably uh, give a big shout out for Amanda Palmer and the Dresden Dolls. Um, nice. I think it was first Dextra who you know exposed me to Amanda Palmer. She posted like one of her music videos, and I just happened to watch it one day when I was bored. And I was like, that was pretty good. And you know, I, I'd heard of the Dresden Dolls, but I never checked them out, so I. I immediately fell in love with her and the Dresden Dolls. Um, nice. Another, just one more album I'll kind of point out because it it was almost on my honorable list is uh, the Daft Punk album Discovery. Like that, that's a really great album. And uh, if you know of it, you know it's kind of the soundtrack to their animated, not really a music video or a movie, but I guess it's kind of somewhere in between. It's uh, Interstellar. You know, four or five. That's uh, the soundtrack of that. Tech opera, if you will. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I would love to go on and on about music. I, I'm like Justin. I have so many bands, so many things that I could just like expose people to and just be like, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. But it would really take all night. So I, but I, I yeah. You don't, you don't want us exposing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> or our fat bottom girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, cut this topic off on this one. Oh, really great choices. Uh, everything that everybody said, I would totally listen to. I've, I've heard it before. All good music. Definitely check all those out. Um, they will probably not be on the spindle because that's a lot of fucking music. I defeated a raccoon! Science! Um, <laughs> however, though, uh, we do this every time we do the podcast, and why should tonight be any different? We're going to talk about our awesome thing this week. Dun, 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 dun. We should really get awesome a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> that works. Some kind of, yeah, someplace, should... someplace warm. <laughs> <laughs> someplace warm and inviting. Um, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know what this is about. We just talk about something really great in our universe this week. I'm going to go with ECL. I was going to do the any mini money mo thing, but I didn't have a good like rhyme last time, so I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to go with Mike. What's your awesome thing this week? Um, I got two things. Um, one is a book, actually. Take that, Justin. Um, <laughs> Burn. I read too, motherfucker. <laughs> don't don't worry though. It's just a trashy sci-fi novel, so it's not. It's not. It's not like anything. It doesn't like, have real words in it or anything. Exactly. It's not like history or anything like you know educational or anything but no um if it's, the, if it's about halo it doesn't even count as a book mike it is about halo <laughs> okay so nice. yeah exactly it's based on a video game so it doesn't even count yeah exactly i, I, I didn't even know you could read books mike oh, okay <laughs> well, I've, I've just been burning them for like heat like <laughs> this whole time oh master chief keep me warm oh <laughs> Yeah, the arbiter. Anyway, <laughs> no, but yeah, the 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 latest Halo book came out, and uh, uh, it's called Glasslands. Uh, it's written by Karen Travis or Trav Travers. I, I forgot. It's something with a T. I, I don't know. Uh, what am I? What am I supposed to read these things? Yeah. <laughs> am I supposed to read the covers now too? My God, no. But um, yeah, I didn't even know it was out. Like I just like. I, they they've been doing like this weird like they have like this prequel series of books and but this new I guess they I just I looked it up beforehand and um I guess they're doing like a series of books that take place after the games now which is a pretty big deal for me because like you know I want to see what happens after the games and all they've been giving us is like stuff that happens during the games and before the games so this side, uh, side late stories and prequels instead of exactly well it's like adventures. It, I think I mentioned it to you guys before, but it's like, you know, in the games, it's like Master Chief is the last Spartan soldier. And then you go to the books and it's like, except for all these guys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> except for this guy and that guy and all, all like this, these 20 guys, too. Oh, so and that basically, guy too. Uh, Spartans are like Highlanders, right? And they're like <laughs> 600 <laughs> of them that you didn't know were killing each other off screen. If the exactly. next Halo book is called Psycast number one, we're fucking suing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but yeah, um, I I just finished it the other day, and uh, it was like four hundred and something pages, and uh, I I enjoyed it a lot. It was like uh, it was pretty cool. It um, like I kind of like it, it. It it takes place after the third game, and it it doesn't really like. Due to the like status of the Master Chief at the end of the third game, you can't like it, you can't follow up on his status because obviously they're gonna do a Halo Four. They've announced it so that you can't really do anything with any of the main characters. So you have to use like minor characters or side characters. So I I get that, and uh, you know, but it, it, this this book kind of did feel like the beginning of a new like trilogy or something because it didn't really have a it had a cliffhanger ending and like when I read a novel, I don't want a cliffhanger ending really. I just want it to be like standalone. And now I'd probably got to wait for another like six, <laughs> like, six shit, I got to read more books. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. To read about the continuing adventures of the Arbiter's cousin, please follow the next book. Oh man! When you get to the end of the record, you will hear the arbiter grunt like this. Did you guys know that unlike comic books, real books have no pictures in them? Did you guys know this? No, that's why I don't read them because they don't have any pictures. (laughs) Holy crap! I mean, really? What the hell are they thinking? Except for the complete illustrated works of Shakespeare. See, that's how that's how I got into Shakespeare because there's a complete. (laughs) Otherwise, I never would have picked the fucking book up. Mike's like, I'm never bringing a book up on this fucking topic again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in in whatever case, to wrap it up, you know, I I enjoyed it, and you know, I'll I'll be buying the rest of the series, and you know, they've they have announced Halo Four for 2012, so hopefully, I'm hoping the series will be done by 2012. Like, and it said like these books will lead into Halo Four, and like by lead into Halo Four, I'm sure they mean you know. Well, at the end of the third book, we'll just mention something like, oh, hey, did you see, like, that star in the sky? Well, that was Master Chief on some ship, like, 50 million light years away or something, you know. So. <laughs> it's just going to be like, hey, Mike, I was just curious. Run up and be like, hey, Master Chief's okay. <laughs> hey, that's that's X-Factor's ship <laughs> passing over. <laughs> nice. What, what you oh, I was just curious. Is this a uh, physical book that you purchased, or is this something <laughs> that is a part of the digital age? No, I, I purchased a physical book. Okay, like, I was just curious, because I, I was and, trying to keep up with these things. Tangible okay. and ink and paper, and I, I bought it from a Barnes & Noble, which is oh, okay. still, still up, but wow. borders died. Okay. The Barnes and Noble there's, was... there's, uh, you know, there's just tumbleweeds going through the Barnes & Nobles out here, so... Oh yeah, well then, yeah. Well, Barnes and Noble is still alive here, and it seems like they've picked up all of Borders' business. So I don't know what they're, how long they can last, but mm-hmm. whatever. But um, the the other thing I just wanted to mention was uh, I watched the fourth episode of Gundam Unicorn came out uh, oh, this okay. week, and uh, I watched that, and it was pretty freaking awesome, and it was my favorite episode yet, and. Uh, it was yeah, pretty freaking awesome. And, cool. Uh, I need to I need to watch that because I haven't yeah. seen it. It had it had bright in it. Bright was in it, and he was awesome. Nice. He like, didn't get to like, slap. He didn't get to slap anyone. Son but he of got a to, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he got to do verbal bright slaps. So you know. He, 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 it's it's like a DBZ like special attack where he talks and then it, the words turn into like a slap. 
<laughs> yep, <laughs> a big like uh, the, the the word balloon becomes a, like a, a a hand shape and it slaps him. With well, it. it's funny. It's, it's it's like he's like Danny Glover or something in this one, where he's like, you know, the Xeon are attacking the Earth, and he's like, he's like Char again, you know. <laughs> it's like, what are these fucking? Where are these fucking people coming from? You know, <laughs> fucking space noids. <laughs> but. He's like, as if I got enough to worry about with my bitch-ass son, you know? <laughs> I gotta worry about this shit now, you seriously. You turned my son terrorist, and now you're cloning chars. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it, it kicked ass. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out if you're a Gundam fan. So, I was in the middle of Halo, and he was like, fuck this reading shit, I got stuff to watch. Um... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. Uh, totally check out the book. Yes, because because reading is good. I read books myself, so yes, I I I, I, I jibe only in jest. Um, let's go with Derek. We will pick you for the awesome thing this week. Well, what is I'd your just like to officially announce that the orange Dragon Ball Z box sets are dead. And long live level <laughs> 1.1 Blu-rays. <laughs> um, yeah, I got this in the, the mail from Amazon this week. Uh, for me, I think it's pretty awesome. I know for some people, you know, they're curious about technical specs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the main thing I can advise is that it's not the same Japanese print as the Dragon Box, uh, but it is like, I don't know, some kind of second or third generation Japanese print. I think it looks really great. Uh, I can see Master Roshi's fucking bald head again. It's not all <laughs> cropped like the picture was in the orange box. Uh, you have all the various sound options. You've got a, a 5.1 track with the... Uh, Japanese background music and the English dub. You've got a, uh, a 2.0 track with the uh, Falconer music and the English dub, and then you've got a mono Japanese track. Uh, I think I'm happy to have all those tracks, but finally have a picture that I'm really happy uh, looking at again. Derek, Derek, your wish has been granted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally happy with this. Uh, now I can finally get rid of all those three episode per disc fucking Funimation singles that I've had taking up like 12 fucking uh, comic book boxes for uh, many, many moons and years now. So yay me. Um, and if anybody wants some three disc Funimation DVDs, you know where to come get them. We would totally give those away for free, but shipping is too fucking high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just I just got some stuff from uh, from Amazon, expedited shipping, and it was like uh, practically another hundred dollars to get it. So, yeah, shipping is expensive. Yeah, thank you, postal office, for fucking us over. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with my uh, thing this week. I actually already mentioned this off the cast earlier. And yes, I may be late as far as all you guys who stream things, but I did watch the uh, Brave and the Bold uh, finale last night, and I was impressed. It was how a series finale should be. It totally did not take itself seriously, very tongue-in-cheek. It really reminded me of how you could go out with style and dignity. Um, the whole episode was basically the Batmite being a huge fanboy and being angry that the Brave and the Bold was not the typical Batman. He wasn't angry. He wasn't grim. 
He was actually more like a Silver Age, you know, comparison. And Ambush Bug, Ambush Bug shows up. Ambush Bug, <laughs> Ambush Bug shows up. And Ambush Bug, if you don't know who he is, he is actually a DC character. He's been around for a while. He's very irreverent. He's very strange. Um, I don't know if he's a Giffen creation or not. Is he? Yeah, I think Keith Giffen yeah. created Ambush Bug. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And yeah, it was just such a great. They make fun of all the things we made fun of on fan holes. Uh, silly Batman toys that have Arctic attack armor, the Batluge. <laughs> um, secret armored Batluge, go. <laughs> Neon talking, yeah, secret armored Batluge, go. <laughs> uh, Ted McGinley from Mary with Children makes an appearance. He takes over Aquaman's voice for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was a good episode, Tony. I mean, you know, regardless of, of when people watched it, yeah, it's it, it was pretty awesome, so. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just like I said, it was it was to me the perfect way to end up a show that did not take itself seriously by not taking itself fucking seriously. So yeah, if you have a chance to check it out, uh, it's obviously on the internet. Pick it up, uh, download it, look at it, and watch a show that you can enjoy without having to be all you know. I don't know, super fanboy about. Just enjoy it for what it is. So that's my awesome thing this week. How about you, Justin? I uh, I have two awesome things, and one of them is a book, so try and steal my thunder, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, it's also the Halo book, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I read it better than Mike did. Hey, so Justin went into the fucking future and got the sequel before you did. <laughs> Double burn! <laughs> No, my uh, my book is something we had been discussing on the Bot Talk forums. Uh, coincidentally, uh, it's the Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, and you know it's it's kind of a young adult type of novel. But you know, I I don't kind of like you know TV shows for girls. I don't really pay attention. If someone tells me it's good, I just pick it up and read it. I, I thought it was really good, and uh, there's a movie coming out next year, I think, based on the novel. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. And there's Two two other books in this series, so I'll probably, you know, run out here fairly soon and try and pick up the next uh, the next novel. I, I thought it was really good. And um, my second thing for this week is uh, something I'm kind of late on watching. Um, I watched The Expendables last night and thought it was a really great movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it in a theater. I always try to watch, you know. Movies in our first run in our theater, just because I love going to the, to the movies quite often, but didn't get to see it. But I, I thought it was a really good movie. It was a lot of fun. You know, it felt like an old, you know, 80s, 90s action flick. It's just like a total romp. That's all it is. It's just like fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, where else are you going to see, you know, Randy Couture fight, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, or, you know, <laughs> uh, where else are you going to see Dolph Lundgren fight, you know, Jet Li? I mean, that's, that's just awesome. But, uh, you know the the good thing is they're making a sequel. I think they're filming it right now, so it you know it, it'll probably come out sometime next year. But uh, those are my two awesome things for this week. Awesome, awesome, yeah, yeah. It's been is a good flick. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but I saw it more than a few months ago because I, I, I have Redbox. I can watch this stuff, you know, when it comes out. I'm just, I'm just picking on you, Justin. Do you have a Redbox like in your in your stomach? In like, my, where, my... where where do you have it, Tony? At your my... local grocery store. Um, right, right here. I don't Netflix. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Um, I thought we were picking on Mike in the books. Anyway, no, no, I was just I, at one point before they were uh, so uh, so uh, prolific in grocery stores. I did it. I did look into uh, how much a type of setup like that would cost. Those those machines are expensive. Like they it, are. It, it would take guy, a long time for guys to recoup their money on those, I think. The but. dude always comes in at 7 o'clock in the morning when I'm asleep, and he's like, got to fill up the box. And I'm like, dude, I'm sleeping. Like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> what happens when you're eating and he wants to put in, like, you know, a bunch of Clarissa explains it all DVDs? <laughs> yeah. Like, like a month ago, he was like, got the new Green Lantern movie. I'm like, come back tomorrow. Oh, uh, <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, buddy, you got the Expendables? No, but I got four t- copies of Twilight. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, guess it's new moon out of my stomach now. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. So if you ever need movies, uh, hit up Tony Chankball at Fanpulse <laughs> Podcast. It's like, you know, how Iron Man has this extremist armor. Well, it's like, you know, red box extremist for Tony. <laughs> Tony. A secret armored bat luge red box. Go. <laughs> you don't want to know where the card goes. Um, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, you guys are killing me again, which is always a good sign because that's that's where the humor lies, motherfuckers. Yeah, I think we're actually pretty good now. I think we've actually done a pretty uh, interesting uh, podcast this week. Talked about a lot of good stuff. Really uh, entertaining uh, topics we had this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, should we pimp stuff or should we not? Derek, do you want to pimp yours or Justin, do you want to pimp yours or? Nah, nah we're good. We're good. I am going to pimp one thing on Derek though, just because I, 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 I do want you guys to be excited. You got a green screen. I, so, I did, I did buy got... a green screen. Oh yeah. We're going to get some awesome video shit from our good friend Derek in the future. Um, as always, we don't have any emails this week, but we are. Ready and willing to take the angry uh, emails at fanholespodcast at uh, gmail.com. So totally send us any comments, criticisms, or compliments. We always enjoy them. We are always on Twitter. We are always on Facebook. We are always here every week, willing to entertain you as best as we can. Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. So until then, I am Tony Chainclaw. The red box is looking at me very angrily right now. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm sticking the card where the sun don't shine to get some DVDs. (laughs) This is Mike, and I have been consumed by the Satsui no Hado. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Super Neon Book Learning Grimlock. (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Fan Holes Podcast. Peace. Hiccus. It's funny because there we're never there that 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 is not going to officially be promoted until like February. So I'm doing <laughs> like jokes like from the future. <laughs> Eric, you're, the, you're the voice poison to talk about it, curse. <laughs> February is going to be like some people are like, oh, I get it. <laughs> those are probably going to be like, uh, those guys are dumb because. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up again. God. <laughs>